0: All
1: elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search cultaholic wrestling news on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. The
2: Rock is constantly checking his privilege, Kevin Cowan. <laughs> Come on to the Rock show. Come on to the People's show. Come on to the premiere show,
3: Smackdown. It's the 10th of August in the year of our Lord 2000. Craig David's Seven Days <laughs> is still number one, the singles charts in the UK. Still, the, still in, the busiest man in pop music. Ronan, uh, the album... Produced When You Say Nothing At All, Life is a Roller Coaster, The Way You Make Me Feel and Love in Each Day is still number one. And Damn Him for all of those songs, which are forever in my head, despite me never purchasing or listening to the song. And Gone in 60 Seconds is number one in the UK box office. Uh, angela Jolie received a nomination for Worst On Screen Hairstyle, but lost wow. to John Travolta for Battlefield Earth.
1: Oh and my man. God, but John had such great hair!
3: Uh, Evander Holyfield defeats Jean Ruiz by unanimous decision to win the WBA heavyweight title for the fourth time. Being the only person to do that. And if you're having trouble sleeping, I thoroughly recommend the best of John Ruiz on YouTube. (laughs) Put a glass eye to sleep. The big game release is Paper Mario. Get in! Steph, why (laughs) is my crowd reaction flatter than Mario? (laughs) Almost a special... As the big news this week, the UK version of The Weakest Link begins on BBC Two.
1: Oh, we've well got a mutual friend that was on The Weakest Link, Matthew. Do we? Yeah. Kane.
3: <laughs> Do you not remember when Kane was are on are the... a sod. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've listened to this <laughs> podcast at least once in your life, what the hell's wrong with you? You know that that is just the introduction to this wonderful buffet of crap as we wonder aloud, yes, Matthew, that was what was happening in the world at this time. But what was happening in the wonderful, wonderful world of the WWF, specifically on a little show named SmackDown. And we say, fret not, we'll tell you by you sitting down, putting on your headphones, getting a tall glass of sparkling water and listening to the dulcet tones of myself, Matthew Gregg, the historian himself, Mr. Tom Campbell, and somebody else who Tom will introduce because he's way better than that. <laughs> Welcome to the Coldaholic Classic SmackDown review, Matthew
1: Greg. Now, Matthew has just woken up at this point. Isn't that true, Matthew? Um,
3: citation needed.
1: <laughs> you literally did the intro after a mouthful of porridge. <laughs> guilty or not guilty stop
3: using euphemisms Tom who's our special (laughs) guest Tom well there's two
1: because currently sat in front of me whilst uh, we are recording is my cat who has who has taken to sitting on the on the table where I work whilst I put videos of birds landing on on a log on the YouTube so he's currently joining us, but he's not the only one because joining us today uh, for a very special reason. This might seem like a random, inconsequential episode of Smackdown that we're going to talk about on the road to SummerSlam 2000, but it's not for one particular person. So I said they must join us for this one. He is from the main roster of Colsaholic, one of the founding fathers of it, and Matthews arch nemesis that doesn't play basketball from the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast. It is, of course, Jack the Jobber. Jack, welcome to the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review, sir. Thank, thanks,
2: guys. I don't mean to be a prima donna, um, but uh-oh. there were about four intros there and the cat got an <laughs> intro before me.
1: It was very intro heavy. We are, We are very proud of how intro heavy we are.
2: To be fair, I liked it. It set the scene. I'm there with Craig, David, and Ronan, and all the and all the fun of the early 2000s. <laughs> what a time it was, guys! What a time? It, it really was. Now,
1: this particular episode of SmackDown is this is this is one that you wanted to be a part of, and your timing when you mentioned it was quintessential because it was just it was you mentioned about coming on to the show for this particular episode like four days before we recorded it. So your timing was perfect, Jack. So. Explain why you have decided to, to make an appearance during this particular episode of SmackDown.
2: Well, I appeared on your fantastic series, Desert Island Graps, and uh, obviously people pick three wrestling matches. For whatever reason, they can pick work rate heavy matches. They can pick matches that meant a lot to them storyline wise. And I did that for two of them. But then they can also just pick whatever match they want. And for my third match, I did pick a match on this show because it's one of the first wrestling matches I ever remember. And it's one of the first wrestling matches I ever remember really enjoying as well. So you're going to relive that experience
1: for with you once again today. I'm beyond excited. Should I reveal which match it is or should we just wait? I think we wait. I think if if you've listened to Desert Island Graps with with Jack, you already know. What the match is? If you haven't, maybe pause and go listen to it now. Does Welcome Matthew back. know what it? Does Matthew know what
2: the uh what the match is? He does. Okay, okay I pretend heard. not to. <laughs> <laughs> He'll also talk
1: in the third person today, which is nice. Yes, he will. <laughs> Are you on a delay to us, my friend, or are you
3: doing some dramatic pauses? Yeah, no, I'm practising comic timing. Talk. Excellent, mate! <laughs> I hate talking over people and I hate people talking over me, so I'm politely waiting and giving a, a yard after you've talked, just to make sure. You're a scholar and a
1: gentleman, my friend. Matthew is going to guide us through this week's episode of Smackdown from the, uh, from the eight. From the from the August from August the tenth. That's it. There we go. Pushed it out from August the tenth, two thousand, in the year of our Lord. Uh, Matthew's going to go through that. We're going to give you some of the the things happening in the wrestling world at this particular point. Paint a little image of what the wrestling world is doing as we go into this week on SmackDown, lads. You'll be surprised to know that WCW is an absolute effing shambles this week. It's it's not in a good way. Russo and Goldberg had a meeting with Brad Siegel this week. The The gist of the meeting, according to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer, is that Russo has told Goldberg that Nash will be winning a three-way to get a shot at Booker T in Buffalo in September on the pay-per-view. Uh, Goldberg has said, No, nah, mate, I don't want to do that. I actually want to win some matches. That, so a legitimate annoyance backstage has bled into... Uh, will bleed into a storyline, which we will talk about. The turmoil regarding the future of WCW continues as well, with what apparently is a shake-up, leaving Brad Siegel backing for Vince Russo to be in complete control of the company. Can you imagine, Jack, anything worse than Vince Russo running the entire of WCW?
2: I mean, it would be interesting, certainly. I I remember this quite well. This must have been right when I was getting into wrestling because I didn't understand any of the goings-on but all I knew was that New Blood Rising was coming up soon, and I couldn't wait for New Blood Rising. And I never saw it. I never actually caught it in the end, which is a shame. Is that a shame? I don't know. Well, the thing is, the New Blood didn't even rise because by the time,
1: in true WCW fashion, by the time they got to New Blood Rising, the New Blood storyline had finished. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. So you may have seen it, but it's it's like it's it's like to give it like a mod, like a, an example from the past, if. The Rock had lost the WWF title before In Your House Rock Bottom. Right, right.
2: (laughs) It's in 1998. I remember a lot of... Because I had no concept of, like, good taste and what was good entertainment and what was clearly something in its dying days, I saw WCW and WWF on the same level at the time. So I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, The Rock and Triple H, what's going to happen? And on the other hand, as well are the misfits in action going to save major guns? Like, it just was the same to me. (laughs) Wrestling
1: in 2000s is amazing. WCW are looking to save a whole bunch of money as well. Uh, Get this. At the same time, says Dave Meltzer, losses have continued to escalate. July's losses estimated at $7 million, the most by far of any month in the history of a company now on track to lose $80 million over the course of 2000. By August, they've lost $80 million, Matthew.
3: <laughs> Dan Hinkles looks at that and says, hold my beer. <laughs> oh there's a nice little nod there to dan certainly is he isn't listening he might be you never know <laughs> wait a minute i'll know if he is because will be i'll hear a strange knock on my door and there'll be a man there hello dan why have you brought that back with you it's too, it's too cold for cricket <laughs> <laughs> what's this about a documentary
1: i hear <laughs> as he whispers through the door uh, so they're, they're looking to save some money on WCW uh, and it looks as if 17 undercard wrestlers are going so no one's safe Horace Hogan is, is for the chop this week Matthew oh, no. what was
3: your favourite Horace Hogan memory from WCW when Hulk Hogan had a match with him and I guess Horace attacked him backstage and Hulk went no it's just no good brother I can't take him on in this form. I have to ascend and change. And instead of American Made playing the NWO theme, and Hogan inexplicably metamorphosized into a different character and therefore more violent as he came out as Hollywood Hogan, as the crowd cheered for the now heel Hogan to take on his relative, the one with the big head. And it was almost like some sort of dodgy anime or... If you're me and Tom, that bit in Sonic the Comic where (laughs) Dr. Robotnik goes, oh, hang on, they've changed my art style in the cartoon. I better turn myself into a giant egg and then hatch next issue looking (laughs) completely different.
1: He did as well. That was a thing that definitely happened in Sonic the Comic. The Hogan thing, when did that happen? Was it 99 or
3: 2000? Definitely 2000.
1: Because that smacks of... Mankind becoming Cactus Jack.
3: Yeah, but that had been established. They'd set all this backstory and years, and, oh, he was dude love when he was a kid, and then the Hogan just decided, all right, I'm going to be Hollywood. <laughs>
1: I wonder whether Hogan looked at it and just... Whether Hogan looked at it and just went, you know what? It's the metamorphosizing, not the backstory that people like, so I'm going to change. That's what I'll do. Yeah.
3: And then Horace attacked him, and he went, no. Hollywood is too weak, brother, and came back as Thunderlips, <laughs> the man mountain of love.
1: <laughs> and then he lost then, and then he came back as Rip from No Holds of <laughs> Arms. And then Mr. Nanny. Um, Jack, favourite Horace Hogan
2: moment? Go. You've already covered it. I, can't, I couldn't possibly... <laughs> yeah. I couldn't possibly submit another when we're up against the classic of the genre.
1: <laughs> it was quite the moment. Uh, hey, Jack, this is something that'll be in your wheelhouse. As Jack is, is our resident uh, New Japan fan. Uh, covers oh. uh, the amazing world yeah. of Pure <laughs> <laughs> New, New Japan's first pay-per-view show in the year 2000 at the what, Yokohama really? Arena. They put on a show... At the Yokohama, uh, that was on paper. They they didn't do pay pay-per-view properly till much later in that decade. But they wow. did a random one in the year two thousand. The Yokohama Arena, uh, dead most of the show says Dave Meltzer. Most of the undercard matches were well worked. No one was into it. Eighteen thousand paid one point five million dollars to be there. It grossed eight hundred thousand on pay per view. So. And it was and I'll run you down the card and I'll see what you reckon to this this particular card this this very early foray into new okay. Japan payview why do we know why team why New Japan took so long
3: to get on the per view train it's payview is a different thing over there it's not it maybe it's established now but at that time it was an American thing there was a lot less people uh, in Japan that could get pay-per-view as compared to America so I believe it was uh direct t v merging with another company to make it up. But, yeah, it's just new. Something they didn't really do. Fair enough. So, uh,
1: from this show, uh, Shinya Makabe beats Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh, a very young Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah, very, very young. Uh, that's the, that opening match. Uh, second match in, Manaru Tanaka beating Akira... Okay. wonder if it was the anime character. All... I was just thinking, yeah. <laughs> uh, Junji Hirata beating a rookie by the name of Kenzo Suzuki with the old machine suplex. What? <laughs> yeah. Kenzo was in New Japan? Apparently so. What was he doing? Have... Given lift? <laughs> <laughs> he was third match of the card on pay-per-view. Bloody yeah, uh, Shiro Koshinaka beating Koji Kanemoto with a German suplex, match number four. We had uh, Takashi uh, Izuka beating Shinjiro Otani with a Uranaki in match number five. Mm-hmm. I think he's just retired not too long ago, Izuka. In the uh, what, yeah, I was going to say I've, I'm sure I've heard recently that he's he's hung up. I think
2: he'll so. I
1: think it was last year, maybe <laughs> or the year before. In 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 a, in a in a year where the the where the great Muto, when Keiji Muto, can become a world champion again, anything's possible. <laughs>
2: <hell>. <laughs> Is that mean did- even? People aren't even annoyed at that Tom. People are saying, ah, oh, it's cool. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Is it they are quite chill about it when
1: we consider how angry we get about Goldberg coming back? Like KJ Vuto becoming the, the GHC champ. Everyone's like, yeah, whatever. Goldberg could snap Mooter in half these days. It's
0: awful.
1: <laughs> Does this mean that Moot has been a, a world champion across five decades?
2: Oh, probably. Uh Maybe four. No, wait. 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Has he been a champion in the 80s? Matthew it wasn't a world him? champion in the 80s. No, he was no. uh, WCW Uh He's, he he's the third that. man ever to uh, hold the three big titles from New Japan, All Japan and Noah. So that's, that's nice for him. I don't know if that really, It doesn't really add to his legacy, though, does it? He's already the great Muta. Yeah, but they love winning things over there. They do, they do. They take it, like, I'll get to,
1: because yes, I, I know what the main on. event
3: of this show is, and I can't wait.
1: <laughs> screw Japan, because they take winning with pride. Screw Japan. What <laughs> <is> that <name? laughs> that's, what, that's what Pro Wrestling Noah are putting on their posters during this week, because ah. uh, we're in the time when Noah are launching this year as well. Uh, Cho, uh, Kenzu Sasaki and Yuji Nagata beating Nakanishi and Yutaga Yoshi. Longest and best match on the show, apparently. And uh, in the main event, Chosu and Anita going at it. That's Cho- right. Chosu came out holding a photo of Masakazu Fuka- Fukuda, who passed away earlier in the year. Onita was pelted with garbage when he came out. He can't is wrestle on lick, says Dave, but he's a fantastic heel.
2: Is this the entrance where he comes down smoking a cigarette?
3: He did that a few times. Okay. Uh, this,
1: is is
2: one it- of, this
3: is his last time in New Japan. Because... All the uh, Japanese wrestling companies were plummeting and in the late 90s because the Japanese crash in, um, in finance, I believe. or For some reason, look, everyone just stopped going to Japanese wrestling events like they used to. So New Japan panicked slightly, and because Anita was done with FMW, they bought him in for a few shows, like the Chono match. Um, Sasaki was one of them. And also, uh, The Great Mutter versus The Great Nita, which Buddha hated. Because he's like, why would I? Why am I wrestling this knockoff? I hate this. So it'd be like, you know, if they put Goldberg versus Gilberg on a pay per view, you know, I, I don't want to wrestle you. And so it was like, okay, this isn't working. You're a great heel, get great heat, but it's okay. The novelty's worn off. I'm not sure if you're gonna be a draw anymore. Until Ricky Chosu decides to come back from retirement, and Onita wants this match, but they say, look, apparently the story is Konobahu FMW. I Anita, Onita. We need you to have this match. No rope barbed wire, you and Chosu. Chosu's retirement, uh, un-retirement match. Oh, fantastic, I'd love to. Yeah, you're going to get no offense in at all. Uh-huh. That's the stipulation. Like, Chosu is going to bounce off the no rope barbed wire and he's not even going to sell that. To him, those ropes are ropes, okay? And he's like, why the hell would I do that? That's a- Here's a bag of money. Okay, <laughs> sounds great. And that's how it happened. And that's when it there was, are gifts one-sided Just yeah, exactly. Chosu just comes out. He looks miserable as always. Onita comes out smoking his tabs and getting the crowds booing the hell out of him because he was oh, soft. The entrances are better than the match. And then yeah, Chosu just this <laughs> <just> annihilates him <laughs> on pay per view.
1: The next time we would see a pay per view main event this one-sided, it wouldn't. It would be. Until John Cena and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Like, although this was exponentially worth, like, more one-sided than that was. Just a battering. So, yeah, New Japan, having a little cheeky you. We'll see you in seven years when you do the next one. Happy days. And uh, one final note before we get into the rigors of this week's show. Nora Greenwald who worked as Mona in WCW, she got let go recently due to cost-saving measures, has agreed to terms to start with the World Wrestling Federation. Expect to see her popping up in a week or two. Dave says she's 22 and with her gymnastic ability, uh, has good athletic base and has a pretty face. It's a different fit. (laughs) 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 Shantelly Lisa, pretty face. (laughs) Oh, Dave, you old... Yes. so Molly Holly's coming in.
0: Yay! Um,
3: uh, in, uh, in fairness, uh, well, uh, all of the uh, women have uh, um, uh, pretty faces. <laughs>
2: uh, but he talk about like the exact dimensions of her face and why she is particularly pretty compared to some other ones. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm pleased that, pleased that Molly's coming in. What did she do before WWE? She's one of those people that I just see as WWE and... And she was there, fully formed, and that was where she was born. I don't know what she did before that. <laughs> well, she was uh, she she was one of
1: Randy Savage's valets in WCW. Ah, oh. she was Miss Madness, I think, for a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah she had right. A bit sash.
1: Yeah, she came out of the power plant. Uh, she was trained by Dean Malenko in '97. Right. And uh, she always just, she wrestling was just always the thing that was never wrestling was never a thing she wanted to do. She she always had. Aspirations to do something in fitness. Uh, she wanted to be Ameri- she wanted to be an American gladiator, and uh, it turned out that she tried wrestling out of curiosity. Through she knew a friend who was doing some training, and she loved it. And then she said, "Can I hello, Dean Malenko? Any chance?" And away we go. So she enough. was nearly an American gladiator.
2: No, oh, well, I'm glad she was a wrestler because everyone likes Molly Holly, don't they? Mm. Oh God, yeah, they really do.
1: I've I've I carried a torch for as a, young, as a younger man for many years. Yeah, she's fantastic. Very likeable.
2: Mm, very much Pretty so. face as well as Dave Meltzer as <laughs> <is
1: pointing out. laughs> Oh, Dave. Anyway, that's how the wrestling world looks this week. Let's throw it over to Matthew Gregg, who is going to talk us through this week's episode of Friday Night Smacketh Downeth.
3: He's not wrong. We start off with and Jack this episode. Let's see if he understands this. We get the return of the Doom Door sound effect yeah. in the video package that starts off this episode. The door that goes... Hoo-roo.
2: Yeah, I heard it, but I don't know why they did it. Why do they do this? Is this a regular thing?
3: It's that one video package music thing they've got. So it must be a production piece. Okay. Like all the other ones they've got. Like, oh, it is good because there's a big YouTube list of all the production themes they had. Uh, they no longer use, but... One of them's emergency beat, which is the one that's got of ambulances over it, and like the the risks are real. But oh it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. The best beat ever. Like I almost broke my leg.
2: Do, 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 do. <laughs> so. All I could think there was the casualty theme tune.
3: Yeah, it is, it is very, it is very casualty knockoff. off. to be said. Anyway, the doom door noise can mean only one thing, and that is a dramatic video package of Monday Night Raw, where we had Kurt Angle versus Chris Jericho, versus Triple H, the winner gets the rock at SummerSlam 2000. Jericho gets crotch on the top rope, so Triple H and Kurt Angle back superplex him off the top and both pin him at the same time to double pin.
2: Can I just... Sorry. Go on. Well, with the music added in, as you've mentioned, that back superplex, they act like they've just pile-driving him onto concrete or
0: something. (laughs)
3: Yeah, this is true. They, have, they like the sound effect as well, which I always like. Whenever there's a big move, it's, it's played slightly slower, and it's it's mm. like it's on the surface of Mars. <laughs> so now SummerSlam has two number one contenders. Oh, hang on, Tom. I'm very sorry. I appear to be watching the wrong... Yeah, it appears I'm watching... The build-up to SummerSlam at 99. Isn't it funny? What, 12
1: months ago, they were doing exactly the same thing with one of the
3: same people. That worked out all right for him, I guess. Anyway, The Rock gives a rock bottom to Stephanie to end Raw and to answer the question of who the number one contender is.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Stephanie McMahon is the number one contender. That's right. And that leads us to Widdy Wee, Widdy Woo. <laughs> We're in the Continental Airlines Arena. Widdy Wee, Commissioner Foley heads the ring. Widdy Woo. Mick Foley says, since Monday, people have been asking the same question over and over again. And no, it's not. When is my book coming out in paperback? Which is October. It is. Who is the number one contender? Kurt Angle and Shane come out to say that it was his superplex, so he should be the one. And also, Foley, what are you going to do about the rock, rock bottoming Stephanie on Raw? These things won't happen when Kurt Angler's champ. He won't be the New Jersey of champions. It takes a few seconds for the crowd to, to boo that. I think Kurt was right about what he just said about this place. Uh, Triple H and a still-selling Steph head out. And Triple H has to wait to speak because the chants for Slut are deafening. Oh. We're a classy bunch of the year 2000, Jack. We really are.
2: Yeah. She's a slut with
1: a
3: bad back. (laughs) So she's a good slut, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Triple H says Angle's a jerk. It's true. It's true. And the crowd pops because they go, hey, that's his catchphrase. Triple H (laughs) takes issue with Kurt worrying about his wife. And Stephanie thanks everyone for caring about her as the cameraman shows a sign of the crowd saying Stephanie McMahon angle <laughs> Which is which is something we get quite a lot of in the year two thousand. Yeah, there's some good signage right now. <laughs> there's a good Stephanie McMahon angles. The, oh. Oh. Stephanie says she'll defend her title as soon as her injury allows. And Foley asks Stephanie, how is your back? And then he goes, it doesn't matter how her back is feeling. And the crowd pops, Triple H looks ready to throw hands, but Foley's like, I kid, I kid, I joke, I joke. I love when
1: Mick does Rock's catchphrases because he's so giddy when he delivers them.
3: Yeah, he he knows he looks stupid, so it's all right. So Foley has a think about it and goes, wait, how did I win my first, sorry, second or third? Oh, it's a bit of a blur at that point already. How did I win a WWF title? The triple threat match at Summer... At SummerSlam, it'll be a triple threat for the WWF title. What a great idea, Mick Foley. But tonight, in New Jersey, Kurt Angle and Triple H will take on The Undertaker and his brother, The Rock. Have a great match and have a nice day, says Foley. And I realised that I remembered Mick Foley, looking slim and svelte during this period, but watching it back, I realised it was just the haircut.
2: He can i just mention his hair that's the
3: end of the bit now is the bit where we talk about
2: it, jack so now we oh, right. It. Oh, <laughs> right, ahead, right well the hair was the first thing that grabbed me because foley wasn't like necessarily a particularly young man at this time he's not obviously he's not like old or anything but he has the strongest hairline i've ever seen on a man any man of his <laughs> age i think how solid is his hair
3: very apparently
1: are we not are
2: we not in agreement i, I can hear some porridge being scoffed down at some point Come
3: no it wasn't subtle Tom, it wasn't will you subtle. stop eating your porridge when we're doing mate this. i've this been up serious. since 4am i don't know what you're talking about Oh well, no no uh, one you need porridge uh, yeah you had a very strong hairline jack
2: just another foley just another foley based thing as well no concept of where the hard cam is was that was this a common thing have you noticed this guy's watching smackdown old smackdown yeah, well, not as much in 2000.
1: Certainly, like, on the classic Raw review with Justin, it's hilarious because no one knows where anything is. But in <coughs> 2000, there's... They're not too bad. I mean, they're hyper-aware of it now to the point of distraction. But here, yeah, I think there's... I think because there wasn't so much trained on the hard cam. A lot of it was that sort of had that, that, that cameraman on the ring apron... For Foley's bits, which probably is quite distracting as to which way you're facing. I would have thought, as a wrestler, I mean, Jack, you've done, you've done stuff with with WCPW. Like,
2: are you always? I'm a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Are, I was you, waiting for that.
1: You are basically I'm a wrestler. You're a former DDT champion and a wrestler two-time. in your own right. Sorry, two-time DDT champion. Yeah. My apologies. <laughs> um, when you go out to uh, the ring for your big matches, are you? Are you? <laughs> When you're in the Tokyo Dome, is it obvious
2: where the hard camera is? Right. So this is one of those things that was kind of drilled into us whenever we were about to head out. Um, Obviously, I didn't have any matches, so I didn't have to think about it constantly. I just had to do my little bit and then clear off. But they would say, usually we use the logo and in the ring. So the the logo should be upside down to you. And then you're you're facing the hard cam or whatever it may be in that venue. So it's something that you've got to think about when you're inexperienced, but I guess it's something that gets kind of drilled into you, as it has been these days. If you watch modern wrestling, it's almost too... Or modern WWE, it's almost too geared towards the hard camp. Yeah, it's too too much, isn't it? It feels too produced sometimes, whereas I noticed with generally the action on this show, sometimes a bit too rough and ready, but it certainly felt more real at points. Mm.
0: Yeah, great. You know
3: what? I agree with that, Jack. They're all... Playing to the crowd, so they are going around the place. And I'm fine with that. I agree with uh, Raw, SmackDown, and everyone else being hideously overproduced and unnatural feeling. This feels very natural, even though they did do the, I'm going to say something. What? My God, somebody's showing up. Oh, my God, his opponent's showing up as well. The horror, yeah, happens every week, but it's great. It was good to hear my time. It was refreshing. Ah, yes. We know he's your favourite of the Triple H themes.
2: It is controversially, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Where's the love for that? where's the love for the weird one he had in nineteen ninety nine post DX during oh, the corporation? No, what, that, what, what that, team boom boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I am a bad guy in the main event now. <laughs>
3: oh, it's amazing you remember that. That is just is that even on the WWE Unchained? Reference?
1: Oh, they're releasing them all now, aren't they? They're they're going right into the they're, they're digging the bottom of the barrel these days. That'll probably be on that'll probably be on one somewhere.
3: Yeah, are you liking Mick Foley's, uh, commish theme, which is just the Crash theme but with like some added bits over it? Mmm, they've beefed up his old theme,
1: which is quite, which I quite like.
3: Yeah, it's like yeah, it's almost as good as his commish, TNA theme. Kirmish, Kirmish, <laughs> Foley, Kirmish. Anyway. Both Backstage. hands on the wheel, oh, riding the highway. <laughs> <laughs> Big love for his TNA theme. Nowadays it would be uh, Commissioner McFoley. He used to wrestle, but now he's crippled. No, nah, no, nah, nah. nah, 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 nah. Please cheer him. Backstage, Balfeenas <laughs> and Trish Stratus go to see China when she's getting her makeup done, but China says. They didn't bring a sandblaster to remove all of Trish's wrinkles and then Valvina said something like, why you? And then Eddie Guerrero attacks him. I don't really know what the end game here was for Venus and Trish, but it didn't go very well for them.
2: Oh, uh, I felt sorry for the heels here.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just being,
2: being insulted and then attacked by Eddie Guerrero. Trish um, just turned up
1: wanting to use the makeup thing. And then Chad was like, no, you're ugly, lol. And then yeah. <laughs> here's Eddie Guerrero beating up Val. Like, yeah. come on. No, no, I'm Val's assuming... like,
3: I've have, I've some, I'm going to say something. I'm about to say, punch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming, guys, that Eddie is in the midst of challenging for the... Because I think Val had the IC belt with him, didn't he?
1: He did. So there has been some some mind Imagine last time on SmackDown, we had Val beaten quite decisively teaming up with Taz. Like, again, so was it Eddie Guerrero and Jericho? I want to say. Who was it last time, Math? It was Rikishi and Eddie. Rikishi and Eddie versus Taz and Valvinas. That's the one, isn't
3: it? Yeah, it was to clear up the Taz feud that he was having with Too Cool. That's gone. And... Oh, wait. Valvinas is still feuding with Eddie. Oh, well. Look, don't, try not to think too much about it. We'll get to that later on. But I am... Stood up for this next bit. Edge and Christian are chilling. Edge is annoyed because Christian is wearing... What? No, might as start again. Edge is wearing Christian's huge sunglasses. Hey, that's my gimmick. It's okay, Christian, because the stars of Highlander Endgame are here tonight. And here they are. Oh, my God, kids, look, it's your favourite. Adrian Paul, Christopher Lambert, and Lisa Barbasuki... Barbas- Lisa B is here.
1: <laughs> How Adrian. dare
3: you? How dare you play
1: down Raiden from Mortal Kombat? Oh, I'm not playing him down. Dante from Arrow. Him, him. And Lara from the New York office
3: from Bridget Jones' Diary. Her,
1: her.
0: Yes,
3: Adrian wants to know, hey, when do we get to meet The Rock? So Edge says, "Uh, did I ever tell you about the time we won the tag team titles at WrestleMania 2000? And Christopher Lambert is like, yes, like uh, a ton of times. Yeah, but have you heard it from Christian's perspective? And so Christian starts telling it from his perspective. And they go make their excuses to get uh, some Spartan water. As Christian talks about how Edge was... teaching britney spears how to sing
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: this was one minute and i was not ready because jack just to set the scene here right now wwf is white hot mm. they are uh, appearing in other shows star trek voyager the rocks having his very own film kinda with the mummy returns and all this the, the xfl's coming they're, they're part of the cultural landscape so to see a, a film that far down the pipeline, like Highlander Endgame, which I don't even think it came out in this country uh, in the cinemas, I think went straight to video, is amazing. But they're here because Edge has a cameo for about a minute.
2: It's like if one of us was on Match of the Day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right, right. I've got you, I've got you. Because I didn't know any of these people and. I don't know. Are there many Highlander sequels? Is this one of many? Oh God, there's also so so the
1: the Highlander movie uh, timeline. It starts really well and it just gets progressively worse. It's a bit like 2020. Like it all starts in good form, 1986 with uh, with with your with your man in it. Um, oh Sean Sean Connery. Connery, thank you. With Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery. They were in the first one. Was doing all right. Highlander 2 came out, and it was a little bit. Uh, Highlander. The Highlander Endgame was the next one, wasn't it? Oh wow! So oh. I think it was the third one down. The, I might be wrong. I'm gonna have to check now. Yeah, um, Endgame. No, no. This is uh,
3: the fourth Highlander film. So oh sequel.
1: oh, was Highlander the source between those two? The source is the last one. Highlander's the, oh, the source is the last one. The uh, sauce. <laughs> the it was sauce. the source. That was Daddy's awful. versus ketchup.
3: <laughs> that and, was the worst one. Yeah. So have you seen Highlander? Any of the Highlander? Uh, you, you'll know if you've seen the Highlander sequels, but have you seen Highlander One, Jack? Or No-Go
2: no? No. My my dad likes it. I know that. It's a dad film. Right, sure. right, right. Okay.
3: Because it's a really cool premise. Some of it's not aged well, but it's kind of alright. It's a cool cheesy '80s film, but the idea is cool. Ambeza, an immortal Highlander. John Curry teaches him, and then. Um, the prison guard from Shawshank Redemption shows up and he's bald and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So Highlander I 2,
0: <laughs> is, Highlander 2 little... is
3: beyond crap.
1: Highlander right. 2, the quickening from Oh, 91. my,
3: the, the shittening. Sh- oh, my God, is it bad. I mean, it's not just a bad <laughs> film. It's a, This may be one of the worst films. Uh, horrendously awful. Didn't see the third one. And I haven't seen the fourth one. I, I don't know if this still got made after that, but the Highlander name still good enough to make sequels to. So, picture this. It's not a rated series at this point, but I guess there is a very tenuous relationship because the start of Highlander 1 does start with them watching wrestling. Uh, made to look like it's Madison Square Garden, I believe, but actually wasn't because there's the Freebirds there and some other dudes. I think Mike Graham's one of them. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a very tenuous relationship. None of that is mentioned, by I felt like mentioning it so someone doesn't have to comment about how I missed that glaring mistake. In the comments we get which it's are right. hundreds every week
2: there's plenty more highlander content coming up in this episode anyway so it's fine i'm so happy to it's, oh, it's kind of imagine
3: rich it is rich in content <laughs> anyway for the non-highlander but it's so surreal because i love lambert because he's raiding from all combat anyway on raw the rock was wrestling benoit again in an odq match But Shane ran in to kick Rock right in the Jacobs a few times, it looks like, in this replay. (laughs) So Jericho ran out to even the odds. Powerbomb Benoit multiple times onto a steel chair to allow the Rock to retain in a no-DQ match. Bloody hell. I don't think I've seen that before. Uh, The powerbomb, keep him up, doing a powerbomb spot that Jericho does. Never seen it onto a chair multiple times. Ugh. Anyway, this is leading us to Chris Jericho and Eddie Guerrero taking on Chris Benoit and Val Venus. And it's almost nice seeing the Jericho and Eddie team up as this was uh, that little referee. What was his name? He passed away. Brian Hildebrand. Uh, he wanted Jericho and Eddie as a tag team in WCW. Oh, really? You know, very briefly a tag team. Yeah, I think um, Jericho talks about it in his book. that Jericho-Eddie thing was like maybe going to be a tag team. They did it a bit and then just didn't. So...
1: They'd have been little
3: a great leader. tag team in WCW. They would have been, you're right. Yeah. Let's see if they're a great tag team here. Let's find out. The Canadian Chris's go at it, with Shane McMahon denying Jericho a lion's by pushing him off the ropes, the little get. It all breaks down and Eddie nails the frog splash. He's back to doing it on the regular. But the referee tries to tell Eddie he's not legal. But Benoit lands Air Canada while all that's happening for him to win. And then everyone continues to brawl as if the match is still going on with Jericho locking on the walls on Shane McMahon. However, Eddie spots Albert running. Uh, it's hard not to see him, to be honest with you. Um, so attempts to crossbody to the outside onto Albert, but is grabbed and slammed by the big prince. So Benoit uses this attraction to crossface Jericho one more time. Yell, prove me wrong and all that, as we get the weekly Benoit Attacks Jericho segment. They show replays of it. And Lola's like, look, look, look at the tears flowing from Jericho's eyes. (laughs) Yeah, he
1: was really heavily implying that Jericho was crying whilst in the crossface randomly.
2: Now, because I picked this episode or a match from this episode for one of my Desert Island grabs, I've come to the conclusion that I must have had this on VHS tape because I remembered a lot of stuff here. And one of the things that really stuck with me was Jericho apparently crying in the crossface, but I didn't realise as a child that Lola was joking. I just thought Jericho actually was crying because it hurt a lot, and I thought that was fair enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, you 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 think, well, why is it There must be some reason why he's saying it because the first time he's ever mentioned, oh look, they're crying. In the sharpshooter. Yeah.
0: It's weird. That, you've
1: never heard him say you have never heard him say that before. So there must be something to it. Um, I want to give some top marks to Shane McMahon, who did a run in during this bad boy, who did the the famous Sonic Losing His Rings bump off a of punch from Chris Jericho. <laughs> if you can just animate it so there's rings coming off uh, him as he hits the ground. It's it's s- it's almost
2: identical. That bump is one of the things that was kind of burned into my brain. As he went to hit him, I thought, I know how Shane's gonna take this. And he kinda of jumps back as if he's jumping into a high chair and then flops. <laughs> down it's a marvelous it's a marvellous bump. It's really nice.
1: It's really good stuff. There's a really good reason why a lot of stuff from this era is burned into your brain, Jack. Um and Mind you, I don't know whether you would have... Would you have played No Mercy when it was originally around? No, I unfortunately
2: had... I had Attitude on the Nintendo
1: 64. Oh, mate. Because this is... The cool thing about this particular time, the last few months, is that this is the time where they're motion capping No Mercy. Right. So you're seeing these little spots during Smackdown, like the the way somebody will jump off the the top rope or the way Shane McMahon swings a chair. And there'll be certain certain sequences that end up in the game. And you see them in real life here. And you have a little moment where you go, oh, that's from that. That's the Mm. reason why Rock does a little leg flick when he does the sharpshooter because of this spot here. That's why Shane flies through the air with a steel chair because he does it here. That's it's, cool. That's great. Cool. I love stuff like that, and that's why I'm, that's why I like this era because it's no mercy before my very eyes.
2: Can I ask Matthew why Albert ran in? He's was this because Val Venus was involved, and they're both friends with Trish. That's what I assumed, but I didn't know. You'd be exactly right. Yes, it, uh, it wasn't made clear. At, it wasn't really made clear at all to me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They're in the team.
3: They don't have a group name, but because Test and Albert. There and they're called TNA, and there's Venus. We've decided on VAT
0: <laughs>
2: because <they hang> <laughs> no one likes them. <clears throat> yeah, <fair. laughs> so Val Venus is aligned with Trish, but he's not really friends with Tester Albert, but he sort of is.
1: It's yeah. a kind of Heenan family type deal, I think, okay. where Trish is managing multiple people who have multiple different agendas. Oh, the stratosphere! Oh my god, oh. why do they call it that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, why, why did they, they call it do they call it, that? it the stratosphere? I don't know. Oh, chef's kiss, mate. I'm shaking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you nailed it, mate. The, pow- the power in my fingertips.
3: <laughs> oh. You should be full of stratisfaction right now. Yes, uh. I am. <laughs>
0: it's
3: less good as Tom's. It's uh, less good as Jack's, but I tried anyway. <laughs> Next up, X-Pac by himself, because he's got this friendly rivalry with his partner Road Dog to take on Rikishi. Uh, a very rivalry being brewed between him and his partner for a while not helped by X-Pac taking on Rikishi on Monday Night Raw Uh, and it shows footage of Road Dogg watching X-Pac take the stink face and laughing his ass off backstage before deciding to save him from the banzai drop (laughs) so X-Pac needs to prove he doesn't need any pal and Rikishi easy pounds away on his fellow Raw 1995 friend also oh. seen on the Tom and Justin's show. There you go. It Sometimes is
1: indeed.
3: <laughs> Rikishi here trying to make a difference and by pinning X-Pac. But x Park comes back with his feet, those educated feet from uh, Northumbria, Newcastle University. One of the different ones. And he blocks the stink face with a low blow but attempts a sunset flip only to, well, get squished. Rikishi waits for Dog to come out. Waiting for him. No, Dog coming out. Cool. Finishes the banzai drop nice and clean, and it's very nice continuity here because we've seen the clip of Road Dog interfering during the banzai drop. So Rikishi's like, oh, oh, wait for it, wait for it. Eyes are coming, cool, then I'll do it. It's very cool during this period to see wrestlers not being dumb dumbs,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very yeah. much so. What do you think, Jack? Um, I really liked X pac when I was a kid for some reason. Um, I think I was a big DX fan, and also. All I could think of during this match was, first of all, Teddy Longs the referee, which is great, great to see him, mm-hmm. and secondly, um, my friend always thought that Rikishi was Farouk for some reason, despite them looking, <laughs> despite them not, yeah, yeah, despite them not being, despite them not being at all similar. So I'm sat at home playing on Attitude, but obviously, the Attitude roster was a little bit earlier, so it was like you had like the acolytes APA with the the symbols on their chest and stuff. Um, So when Bradshaw turned up, I could still recognize him. I was like, oh, that's Bradshaw. But then my mate would be like, yeah, there's Farouk. And I was like, that's not Farouk. He's put on quite a lot. He's looking and he's dyed his hair. And he just looks completely different. He looks like a different man. Um, Eventually, my mate did concede that he was wrong and that it wasn't Farouk. It was a wrestler he'd never heard of called Rikishi. But at the same time... Until he admitted it, I had to pretend he was right because he was older and because we were watching it in his house. Oh, no. Oh. That's the rule, that, well, that's the rules when you're a kid. I was player two. Oh, mate. Maybe that, that was
3: it. Maybe the player two version of Farouk was Samoan.
1: Maybe. Maybe that's it. That's <laughs> <the case. laughs> when you press right
3: C to change attire,
1: yeah. <laughs> the other attire yeah. is Rikishi.
3: You get I... like, Farouk. You get WWE world champion <laughs> 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 Ron Simmons. <laughs> uh, and then you get Samoan.
2: You get Far- you get Rikishi. <laughs> <Farouk>.
3: um <laughs> Just just Farouk and a thong. <laughs> I,
2: like, I like the. I quite like the match though. I like X-Pac. He he really does just chuck himself around, doesn't he? He's like an he's like an early day Dolph Ziggler.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really like like he's. He gets a lot of grief over the years. He really gets a lot of grief. But when he's bumping around
3: for people, he's he's
1: he's fun to watch. Yeah, definitely.
3: We all love him when he's getting beaten up. (laughs) Backstage, The Rock walks. Anyway, Christian tells the WrestleMania 2000 story with Adrian wanting to know when they can see The Rock. He's just probably there. You turn your head. No, never mind. But anyway, never mind that. Gangrel appears. (laughs) Yes! And all of the Highlanders... The first time we've seen Gangrel in some months, by the way. Um, And all of the Highlanders, as they they call themselves get excited because they're huge fans of Gangrel. Edge just thinks they're only pretending to be Gangrel fans to get out of hearing their story. But then they explain Gangrel's entire (laughs) character and history and even show Gangrel's book. And Edge has to remove his glasses dramatically and has no comeback. So he takes them all away and as they explain that they love his vampire powers and his gothic background. Gangrel also says, yeah, I also love Frisbee. Wow, well, really? Says Christopher Lambert. I also love frisbee. We play every week. Why don't we go over here and play vampire <laughs> frisbee?
1: How does vampire frisbee change compared to regular frisbee?
3: Uh, if you if you drop the frisbee, Gangrel turns you into a vampire.
0: If you catch the
3: frisbee, Gangrel turns you into a vampire.
0: <laughs> frisbees are, co- frisbees are covered
3: in blood. Yes. And I tried to do some research here, Tom, because I had to be accurate on this show. And I tried to find out what the hell Gangrel book that was. Because I know Chaos Comics was trying to put some stuff out during his time for China Mankind. Gangrel's not quite on the same level there. There was a new Vampire the Masquerade thing published in June. But Gangrel isn't on the cover of it. But he is on the advert. (laughs) Uh, Was just a picture of Gangrel surrounded by fire. It's all like doom, gloom, goth stuff. So I don't know if they got that book and then wrapped around the advert and like, oh, it's the Gangrel book. But if I'm wrong here and someone could find out what the Gangrel book was in 2000, I'd love to see it.
2: Uh, I I shall look it up. This whole thing gave me the vibe of... You know when the Highlander actors start reading out Gangrel's back... Sorry, start reciting it from memory because <laughs> Yes. Have you ever
0: seen?
2: Have you ever seen like a cool YouTuber have to do a Raid Shadow Legends shout-out? Oh, like
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to like be that. one of
2: them one day. So bad. Yeah, yeah, true. But it was like... It was like... Yes, Gangrel. Named after the summoning... Just going on and on, spouting all this stuff. It was really obviously forced but you know that i just felt bad for edge and christian because despite being heels it's hard not to like them does anyone else get that i did is, is that just is that just with hindsight do you think i would have hated them at the time
3: oh no it's been great there's been a few episodes where the edge have come out Edge christian come out and said something dumb like uh hey this is the state where jfk got shot wow that sucks crowd boo Anyway, we're going to do our five seconds of flash photography and all you see is there's multiple people taking photos. <laughs> Boo, you made a joke about dead yeah. guy. Like, click, 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 click. They're click, very
1: Pavlovian with the fans. Yeah. The fans are very Pavlovian with Edge and Christian. It's it's very much that all the time. But I hear what you're saying, that there, there is something very likeable about them.
2: What? I... Go on. I just feel like on this show, and we'll get on to more obvious examples later on but i feel like a lot of the time this could have just been because it's the attitude era but the heels are quite sympathetic and the faces act like really horrible people <laughs> <laughs> it's true the rock it is asshole the, the rock oh, the rock is an asshole yeah. full-on asshole Every else people's asshole nice. is the people's <laughs>
1: <laughs> who do you think are bigger fans of gangrel right do you think it is the cast of Highlander Endgame or wrestling fans in Long Benton? Because <laughs> he's bigger than the North is David Heath. Jack, yeah, in all have, the you, have you, places. Met, have you oh. met Gangrel, Jack, in the Northeast? No,
2: I've not met Gangrel. Oh. I'd, never sh- I'd never shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> Math? I'm
3: good at that I've met him. Oh, sorry, I've I'm sorry, I thought I him. I'm
2: good that I've met
3: him. <laughs> I know what I said.
0: <laughs> I'm good
3: that that. Damn it. I'm good that I've missed him on all these occasions because we're watching, you know, Kurt Angle and Cody Rhodes and WCPW. We are just far too busy to see Gangrel and Long Benton. <laughs> oh. I'd
1: agree, I, You know what? Knowing, I, I, I love Jack. I love WCPW. I love going whenever I could. But if if I knew Gangrel was in Long Benton on the same night at WCPW, I, I probably would have gone Long Benton.
2: <laughs> no, I mean,. That's fine. It was I think you all would have done, to be honest. <laughs> it's all right. It was just a year and a half of my life poured into that, but it's <laughs> fine. You go and see a man dressing up as a vampire in a hot social club. Go on. Go on. How, how,
1: Jack, how autonomous were you with WCPW? Because here's the question, right? Hypothetical situation based on WCPW, right? If you were putting on the show at the O2 in Newcastle and you found out that David Heath had done an afternoon show in Longbenton, Mm-hmm. So he was done for the day, but he was in the northeast. Would yeah. you have the power to go, lads, Gangrel is about
2: half a mile away, let's get him on the show. The the way it was set up, yes, I would have the power to do that, but whether that would then come true or not would be totally out of my hands. So I could suggest it freely,
0: mm. but
2: I would have no real power. My power was entirely ceremonial at WCPW. <laughs> like, like like the Queen is supposed to be. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, you're like uh, the queen.
2: Yeah. Queen, who did the music for
1: Highlander 1? <laughs> <laughs> the, the queen's always trying to get Gangrel booked somewhere. Yeah. John, um, can we have the queen try to book Gangrel. Thanks. I don't know if I explained the John thing to you, Jack, and I feel like I'm late into the podcast doing so, and I apologise. Well, I know John. I know, you know John. You know John, Photoshop,
2: I don't you? Photoshop John. Yeah, Photoshop
1: yeah. John. If you want anything Photoshop just shout it up. John will make it come to life. Excellent. Thank you. It's all right. He's good like that. He's good. He's good like that. Anyway, so that's Highlander. He's good like that. He's good yeah. like that. I love John. I mean. <laughs> love the bones <laughs> off of that man. He's a, he's a ledge. Um, so we've had yeah. Highlander shenanigans.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: good. More of that to come. Uh, I'm just trying to to the fact that like, like Joe Coffey and Kurt Angle like, like, going at it like, oh. <laughs> Angle's just like, yeah, I love coming to the UK because there's proper wrestlers like this, the proper collegiate amateur style, and I'm very happy to be here. Not like that bloody other country with those bloody other wrestlers, and the lights came out and goes, what do you mean other wrestlers? Grow,
0: grow, grow, grow. <laughs> <laughs> here he is! <laughs>
1: Oh, my God, he's here.
3: Good angle, myself, and the non-copyrighted <coughs> Vampire the Masquerade <laughs> trademarks are here to stop you. Blah! Blah! <laughs> I'll see you at next at WCPW Endgame.
0: <laughs>
1: WCPW Gangrel is on this show. <laughs> It's not the catchiest name we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> we, we booked Gang it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been the worst one we'd ever done, to be fair. Ex- what? Exit, Wo- Exit Wounds. Was is Exit fast. Wounds your, your least favourite WCPW pay-per-view title?
2: Yeah, it is. And I still, I never asked this, but I still think the unnamed boss figure, I reckon he found that from the, the Extreme Warfare Revenge name generator, but I don't know for certain. But I think it's on there. I think Exit Wounds is on the EWR name pay-per-view name generator i think
3: do you not get it from the the classic steven seagal
2: film oh i'd yeah i mean my my pop culture knowledge has let me down there badly okay fair enough you not
3: know it's it's like one of the few decent films he's in so i know
2: because i'm no i wouldn't say that i'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> was, oh no please i was, please, I was just gonna please. say i was just gonna quite angrily say because i'm in my 20s but it felt bitter oh, <laughs> i'm sorry no i'm sorry no That's No, it's great i love you jack no i'm sorry no awful petty petty cheap <laughs> it was a cheap it was a cheap shot
1: i was never massively into shot. the
2: title stacked okay
1: i don't I'm, know why yeah, i never
2: got that Well, we were just saying our card was stacked. We had loads of money and loads of wrestlers
3: on the
2: show. I mean... WCBW, well-minted, mate. Yeah. Loads and loads of money. Which is a shame when you're one of the faces of it and people assume that you are the one saying that I have loads of money and lots of wrestlers because that wasn't the case, but people thought that we were all in charge.
3: WCB presents, please come to the show. Bloody hell, have you seen it?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, we'll I get Bret we'll get Bret Hart out in the first half to do a promo. <laughs> <laughs> they
1: were insane. They was I, I loved them. For, I loved it for it though. I loved like hey, is 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 our uh, here's our local indie fed right?
2: <laughs> Jim Ross and Jim Cornette on Coventry
0: <laughs> with well, Bret
2: Bret Hart at the opening promo. Where's that? Oh, that's just at Northumbria University. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh god. It is like it is like
1: it is like a a, a spiritual being playing EWR.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I, it really was and I remember in many ways and I remember the the most bizarre sight for me was um we were because obviously we played a lot of like college sit like uni towns around the country because they've got the right sized venues like they've got O2 academies and stuff. And I think it was in the Leicester Uni Students Union that I saw, I turned the corner and there's the Students' Union, young attractive people all having a great time getting qualifications, sat in one of the booths with Kenny McIntosh, cowboy hat on it's Jim Ross <laughs> in Leicester Students' Union and I just remember thinking, what are you doing here and he looked so miserable to be there as
1: well <laughs> and he's Why, just Kenny? surrounded
2: by no, not Kenny, Jim oh, Ross no, And he's just... Kenny was buzzing because he was with Jim Ross um, but all the students I remember just the, the contrast between like these vibrant, young, educated people and then you've got grizzled wrestling business veteran Jim Ross and I just thought oh this is awful this is
1: really bad it's it's a part of me because I I heard I've heard from several people that that Jim not not just WCW but with a lot of events like he would be there and he would just be miserable with a lot of places like he he didn't especially anything anything Uh, involved international travel he he was like I don't really want to be here because there's part of me that would like if I work with him I just want to go up to him and go Jim you you can say no I mean, like, no comment. It's Tom. all right. <laughs> no comment from Jack. No, no comment on what Jim Ross was like. <laughs> now that's fine. That's fine. Plead the fifth. It's all good. Um, but no, I just, I just think with people like that, you can go, you, you, you can just say no,
2: and you yeah. can just stay in bed. It's fine. Sa- Sam had a nice Jim Ross moment where. Oh, I love Sam's moment with Jim Ross. Matthew, have you heard Sam's Jim Ross moment?
3: I have heard it.
2: Well then, I'll tell it briefly for the viewers. Yeah, Basically, tell it anyway. Jim Ross had a bit, be- like a bit of an impromptu production chat with Sam about what was going on, and he closed it by saying, "Just put, what was it? Just push all the buttons, baby," and walked off. And I was like, "That's a cool. That is a cool moment. That yeah. is a good one."
1: Because Sam was
2: proper nervous about. Yeah, about it was just
3: his- the pay per view.
2: It was his first live directing experience. Oh, that's the moment you're talking about. Oh,
3: I thought. What it was did the you where... Because Sam said he was really worried, and then he's like, "Jim, I got this." And Jim just took the notes and went, "Sam." what did the man with a two-foot cock have for his breakfast this morning? And Sam went, what? And Jim Ross said, this morning, I had a boiled egg. Wait, is that,
2: that's not, is that, have you made
3: that up? Oh, Sam told me, he wouldn't lie to me. Is it not, it's not, I don't, right, okay, right,
2: okay.
1: Uh, My answer would be, I don't know, Jim, but does the two-foot cock know the storyline with Martin Kirby at the moment? Because we're keen to get that (laughs) over.
2: Jim, do you know all the wrestlers' names, Jim? Yeah. Do you know, do you know all the roster, mate? Hey, it's all right. Jim Jim, Jim keeps getting the, the, the female
1: wrestlers' mix up at AEW, but it's all right because he's got a massive uh, dick. Uh, uh. Thank God, he's got yeah. a massive penis.
2: Big Otherwise,
1: he'd thing. have to really struggle through this broadcast.
2: There was a bit of a... Oh, man, I'm grinding this to a halt. I'm so sorry, but there was a bit of <laughs> nah, a... it's fine, mate. This is what there we do. A... There was a bit of a... Don't
0: Guys, there was beat.
2: a... I don't, to, uh, I don't want to get everyone excited, but there was a bit of a rib played on Jim um where there was a a ladder match and one of the ladder match contestants uh he was like a comedy heel and he got his like like his trunks pulled down by one of the faces as he was climbing the ladder classic comedy spot and then on his underwear underneath the trunks he had jim ross's face and as it got pulled down (laughs) he was obviously he was right on hard cam and and jim ross would see it and I mean, didn't really react that well to it on commentary. We were all waiting to see what he would say, and it wasn't ideal. He was just kind of like, "Oh, okay, And then um, (laughs) later on, like it was in a film, I was just loudly talking about it. Like, oh, that was good, wasn't it? When bloody Jim Ross... And he he came around the corner, and I was just like, I can't believe this has happened to me. Like, (laughs) I just can't believe that Jim Ross has walked in on me talking about how funny that joke was we played on Jim Ross. So... (laughs) He didn't say anything, and he just—I just feel like he hated me. But the good thing is, he won't remember who I am at all, so that's okay. I can just get away with that. He only said your name
1: with disgust that one time. Jack the job.
2: Jack the Jobber. <laughs> he was absolutely devastated to have to work with me in any capacity. <laughs> like that to... idea
3: of uh, Jim just showing up—he's like Don Rickles. He's just like, ah, oh, say, Jack, Jack, little Jack. So what? I told. I told Jerry Lola I was working with a YouTuber named Jack the Jobber. The man clutched
2: his heart.
0: <laughs>
2: he had the, Like, all he knew about me, the only notes he'd been given were, like, is, is on YouTube and "Where's hats. <laughs> and, and then I listened back. I, I listened back and, like, primate spears me and i've got a bouquet of flowers in my hands and the petals go everywhere and i'm like this is going to be sick this is going to look like a great visual my heart flies off when i hit the canvas and stuff and i'm like this is going to look great and then i watch it back and jim ross goes oh looks like that youtuber needs a new hat and i'm just like <laughs> Jim, you couldn't have given it the bygone. You couldn't have just tried.
1: It would have been funny if you did it and your hat flew off and Jim didn't know which one you were. <laughs> <laughs> he, he immediately forgot which one you were.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's sir! Uh, oh, I've forgotten his name. By but God. Name you can't wait for for the... <laughs> You're waiting for the Jim Ross line. He's like, by God, he might be dead. If we need a him, don't worry, folks. I've got a big lighter in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pleased to see you with my big cock.
2: Uh,
3: my cock is bigger than Jack the Jabber. was
2: just, it was just, just says
3: that inexplicably, uh, and you're like, why? Why do? You, why do you feel the need to say that, Joe?
1: YouTuber I wears can't... a hat.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's all he knew about me, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't gonna. I mean, he wasn't gonna be like this young Sunderland fan, like you know, he wasn't gonna know actual details, and I understand that. It was just Jack hat- the jobber Yeah, he could have just. All I wanted, were, he could have just hid his disdain just a little bit more.
1: Yeah, he, he never does, does he? he? For for all his faults, he does it nowadays. He wears his heart on his sleeve with everything. Yeah, If, if just something got... looks crap, he won't hide it.
2: He's just got to the age where he doesn't care. And I can't wait to reach that. I can't wait. Oh. Bring it on.
0: <laughs> it's wow, so that much That was happier. a lovely
3: discussion about things. I think we should get it back on track. Okay. Talking about the proper wrestling. When wrestling was real, wrestling... For men, the year 2000. Um, What better way than Stacker 2, showing us (laughs) the best way to burn fat. And it's Shane McMahon running from Undertaker's bike. Yeah, that'll do it.
1: By the bike just driving on its own?
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's voice activated. He he goes, dead man walking, and just revs up. (laughs) Instinctively knows where it is. It's like Batman. Undertaker (laughs) is furious with Big Show, trying to kill his brother last week. So Undertaker (laughs) smashes Big Show off the stage and onto a load of tables. Stacker 2, avenge your brother's death with Stacker (laughs) 2. Al Snow with his old head theme and uh, the cat. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, Taking on Perry and Terry. And this seems like a good time to remind people that the Japanese wrestling company Hustle once booked... Rikishi, also known as, to Jack's friend as Farouk, to mm-hmm. team up with Ricky Choshu because their names sounded similar.
2: Oh, mate, we did that as well. Uh, sorry, sorry to <laughs> really? chuck in another... Yeah, no, yeah, mate, we, do it. That's, yeah, it's nice to have you here to give us to, these little nuggets. Yeah, we used to... We had the tag team of Johnny Moss and Liam Slater, Moss and Slater, and then Johnny Moss couldn't make it, but we had Moose, and our eyes lit up, and we made <laughs> Moose and Slater it was fine. It says I something for the money. That. The money that,
1: yeah. that WCPW had knocking around. Oh, Moose is just here. We'll use him. They had
2: really good chemistry together. It sounds like it's I'm so joking, good. but no, I they, believe no, you. They, I believe yeah, you. Yeah, like Moose came out with Slater painted on his back, and Liam came out with Moose painted on his back. Moose sixty nine, <laughs> <laughs> baby faces.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: was that his number in college Lego? Like, I, I, college I, I assume. How I assume that's it? the only yeah. reason. Yeah. That's right. If only Jim Ross was there to commentate. Well, about Moose's uh, football career, would have known about it. <laughs> Terry versus Cat has been going on longer than Terry Funk versus Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Jay Lawler says Perry has eyes for Terry, well, at least one of them. And this is the match that Michael Cole is definitely going to spend plugging the rest of the show and the upcoming matches, uh, and also WF New York. The Cat tries to toss head to Al, but it goes to Perry. <laughs> Terry then dokes it on Al, and Perry beats Al with a Northern Lights suplex. Jesus. Uh, the usual Al Snow greatness. Cat and Terry go at it again, with Perry attempting to attack the cat, because remember, the PTC did nothing wrong. But Al saves the day, but not his career. That was certainly three minutes, so I found something a bit more interesting in the Wrestling Observer to spice this up in case we didn't have enough WCPW stuff to go around. Mm-hmm. There was an inter-office memo sent around WCW last month, which I guess is, I'll quote here, shows how respected Russo is these days internally. The memo was entitled, Top 10 Questions Not Asked of Vince Russo. Join us. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like and subscribe. (laughs) Mailbag, I calledaholic.com. Number 10, would you like to take this opportunity to claim credit for the return of Cake Day? Uh? Uh, Nine, if the possum is going to wrestle for us, what reoccurring Saturday Night Live character will he be ripping off? And then there's a bit about the possum in this bit. Uh, I don't quite know what, who the possum is. But yeah, Russo did borrow heavily for Saturday Night Live, including uh, Queewee, which is basically one of the SNL characters. Uh, number eight, how much did SFX front you for decreasing the value of the organization?
0: Ooh. Number seven,
3: are you going to let Bill hyphenate his name to Banks Russo? I get that one. Six, can you funnel the unwanted talent to the marketing department? <laughs> the new VP of marketing has numerous openings with lots of opportunity for advancement. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Number five, when is Hulk coming back? Oh, yeah, he never came back. Number four, what does the second W in WCW stand for? That's good. Number three, how many young and hungry employees does it take to screw up an entire company? Number two, WCW Creative. Is that a misnomer or simply a contradiction in terms? And number one, would you know an original idea if it jumped up and beat you in the ass or would you just think Whoa. it was the possum?
0: Who's the Whoa. Who
2: is the possum?
3: I don't know what this possum thinks about. Is
2: the possum like a nickname for maybe Ed Ferrara?
3: That, that, that would make sense.
2: Just because he's like his sidekick, isn't he? He's like his pal. I don't know. Yeah,
3: I did look for the possum in WCW, but nothing came up, but... You know, card subject to change and all that. So, uh, any thoughts on this amazing tag match we just had? Uh, Terry and Cat, the longest running feud in the WWF at this point. God, yeah. just one more.
0: <laughs> <Ch-ch-ch-ch-cat. laughs> I had only one.
2: <laughs> I had only one thought, and it wasn't about this match in particular, but it's about uh, something that this match reminded me of, which is something I've always found uncomfortable or scary in wrestling. Oh, What's problem. that? No, (laughs) what's that noise in Al Snow's theme tune? You know the noise, like the. Oh, that's a good question. Because because that noise went through me as a child, and then you know when you think you're never gonna have to deal with something again, and then I was watching this episode for this, and it and I was like, oh god, it's that noise, and I just hate it. Do you want to find out live on air? Is it back yeah, match? Yes please. What I'm gonna do
1: whilst we are here oh, together no. Oh no he's gonna
2: play it, he's gonna play the game.
1: I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna run it through Adobe Audition. Sponsored by Adobe Audition.
0: Uh-oh. So
1: I'm gonna I don't know whether you'll hear me doing it, which is a shame. Um, actually I can I can change a setting on here so you can.
2: What are you going to do backwards?
1: I'm going to play it backwards. So what I'll oh. need to do, give me a second, give me a second. So I'm going to go manage audio okay. devices on my laptop, on my, on my uh, computer. I'm going to make it so you can hear my device. Okay, okay. that's the bit, in it, Jack? Yes. Right. So I've got that, load it into Audition, isolate it, reverse it. Jack, this is what it says. Are you ready? Oh, my God, I'm so scared.
0: I tend to win control. <gasps> oh shit. I tend to win control. Oh my
3: god. That's
1: the head. That's the head talking. I the one control. I, I feel like, you know what? People listen to this podcast. I think there's a small section of people that listen hoping they're gonna get some some insights, some intel into SmackDown. And normally it's just me and Matthew just making shit jokes. But this week I think they've actually learned something. <laughs> I feel yeah,
0: like
1: that, we've that's broken. one. Is this news? Have we bro- have people have people ever noticed this before? We'll put in a news video tomorrow that everybody can say that we've already talked about it in a previous video. Yeah, it's us Do, do that. your job, lads.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com.
3: Meanwhile, RC Edge Maximum Power Cola presents the triple threat announcement from earlier. Not just a triple threat, but a power triple threat. Mmm, cola.
0: (laughs) Pour it on everything.
1: (laughs) Mmm,
3: cola. It's not Diet
1: Coke. Mmm, RC Cola. Find it next to the roller cola in aisle 12. Mmm,
3: clean your sink. Ah, oh, see Maximum
1: Power <laughs> style.
0: Hmm.
3: Edgy <laughs> Christianer here. Yay, more Highlander discussion. With the Highlander stars at ringside with a Highlander rocks sign that someone clearly heard that the stars of Highlander are going to be at ringside and thought, you know what, I'll make a sign for them. That's how this works. It looked like somebody from the office was holding it. Not,
1: not from the TV show, but somebody from the office <laughs> in the front because the, you could tell like they were very like neutral-faced, and they made sure to find the hard camera every single time. So I feel like somebody was sent down there with that to go, stand and just go and wave that
3: around. This single, not this single bit, these three bits together represent more than the entire budget of the Highlander endgame film. I imagine you get at this. It's amazing advertising for this product right now. Even though Christian doubt anyone from New Jersey can actually count to five, they'll give you five seconds of photography anyway hey edge is here to say his movie is coming out next month and he's gonna be a huge star oh he's a huge star anyway but (laughs) you know what while they're here they should reenact the upcoming oscars and christian dramatically reads out and the oscar for the actor most reeking of awesomeness pause for effect
0: Edge
3: Yay! And they pose while opening the envelope, and people of course take photos because goddamn, damn with these idiots funny.
2: I feel like today Miz and Morrison are trying to do something similar, but they're strapped to like a rigid script, so there's just no way it can be as good. And obviously Edge and Christian are fantastic.
3: I would agree with that, Jack. That's very
2: good. Yeah. I
1: think they they're looking for that <clears throat> Edge and Christian flavour, aren't they? But it just yes. comes across as a bit. And, and and it walks that line as whether or not it's naff because it's meant to be naff by design or whether it's it's trying not to be naff and it just is Mm -hmm. i feel like people would use the excuse that they're being post ironic because i find them quite cringe but then people have said to me yeah but that's the point they're meant to be cringe yeah i know but edge and christian were weren't cringe in the same way yeah yeah you know and and it's funny how um edge coming back on monday nights uh, on, on WWE in general has just dwarfed everybody's promo skill like Mm. he's so good and he calls out the bollocks in so many like the other week on raw when miz came out with the the, a very scripted promo saying oh awesomeness and all this i reek of awesomeness i've got this briefcase i'm coming for you and edge rightly goes what are you doing telling me you're going to attack me? Now I'm going to be looking for you.
0: I oh, you and... no, see.
2: Oh, it's so I, good. I don't, ag- I don't agree with that, Tom, because Edge is on creative now on Raw. So he's writing himself to look clever and fun. <laughs> well, he wrote himself to win the Rumble. you pitched it and they went, yep. And he went, Jesus, that worked.
1: <laughs> I mean, Edge is writing himself some great promos. Absolutely. Mm. If he could lend some help to the others, that would be tremendous.
0: Yes.
3: (laughs) You know. Anyway, Math, where were we? Sorry, friend. You were doing a good job of talking about Edge, and I just didn't want to trample over it by going, well, they're having some sort of a match, some sort of title defence. I don't know, for the Dudley boys. I don't know who they are. Uh, It's a good match here. The crowd has been lovely all night. Something that I want to hear what Jack's opinion of is seeing... Not obviously just because of lockdown and everything, but how electric the crowd is in two thousand compared to now is startling. Uh, last week, and this isn't an, uh, an uncommon thing, the camera <laughs> the camera was shaking from the crowd reactions to the rock. We were doing the people's elbow and just as entrance, and it was just amazing. Going, God, that's what crowds used to do. Mm. Anyway. Uh, Devon gets dunked in the ring steps as we get reminded that Jeff Hardy has a concussion, but he'll be okay for his match on Heat on Sunday. <laughs> Concussions—they just come and go like Army Men sequels.
1: <laughs> that match, by the way, we didn't mention that the earlier mixed tag was sponsored by our Army Men Air Combat.
3: I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> there was a Game Boy Color port that was truly oh, awful. Oh God, yeah. You know that? You know what, Jack? You're a gamer and you're a bit younger than me. Do you remember uh, any of the ten thousand army men oh, games?
2: Am I a gamer? I remember one where I remember one where you get sent to the real world and you're fighting the yellow army around a kitchen sink or something. Am I thinking cool. of the right am I thinking yeah, of no, the right it. franchise? Yeah, okay. But oh yeah, you more than enjoy likely. It? No, it wasn't very good, I don't think. <laughs> there we go. I can't okay.
1: It was this well, was like the remnants you, you of 3DO
3: put these nasty little things into the world, didn't they? It really was. It's like well, if you like if you didn't like that, Jack, then don't worry. If you want that same mediocre experience, there's about 32 different titles. Uh, <laughs> it. Anyway, Devon recovers to come off the top and Lola has a weird line. If idiots were airplanes, the Dudley boys house would be an airport.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good.
3: It's uh, So they're idiots but they're entrepreneurial. Look, I'm just...
1: <laughs> he's suggesting like a that... Larson he su- cartoon. He's... You have
3: to at it for a bit just to get it.
1: He's suggesting they're idiots, but they're clever enough to turn their house into an airport.
3: Yeah. <laughs> After the was-up headbutt uh, from EasyJet, they head for the tables. <laughs> so Edge and Christian twat them with chairs to retain via DQ. But the Hardys return with ladders and uh, CTE and agree to team up with the Dudleys to squish Edge... With ladders, land the splash leg drop off the top, followed by a lovely powerbomb through a table onto Christian. God, look at that. Dudley's using tables. The Hardy's using ladders. And then Christian using Highlander Endgame. (laughs) Out soon.
2: I would at this point like to shout out the loyalty of the Highlander cast because so many times we've seen a heel bring a celebrity friend in and like Mike Tyson, among many others, the heel always turns on their heel friend... Oh, sorry, the celebrity turns on their heel friend and becomes a, a babyface celebrity guest. And it happens, like, nearly every time. So, shouts fair play to the Highlander cast for sticking with their boys, Edge and Christian. Because when this all kicked off, they were actually booing the Hardys and the Dudleys for what they'd done. And I like that. Do you think that's because,
1: with so many films... There is that desire for the the actors to be the babyface to sell the film, but because Highlander Endgame was so far in the toilet, they went, "We don't care, just do <laughs> yeah, go."
2: Yeah, gone, and that's that's why. Yeah,
3: weighing in at two hundred thirty pounds from the Red Hook district of Brooklyn. It's Taz. Yes, Taz is out. Oh, Taz, Taz pulled a blinder on Monday certainly did, Tom. On Monday Night Raw, to show that Taz has officially ended his feud with Too Cool, if it even started in the first place, he starts a feud with a former world champion, a former great, a wrestler who can make Taz look as credible as we all thought he was. That's right. Taz starts a feud with Jim Ross. Mouthing off at him at ringside, highlighted by the immortal line, I was going to slap you across the face. But I see God already beat me to it. Oh! Taz begs Jim Ross to swing for him, but on Raw, Lawler intervened, which is a nice moment, really. You know, Lawler may be a diddler, but he's a diddler with principles. (laughs) So on SmackDown, in real time, Taz heads to Lawler and mouths off at him until Lawler stands up. So Taz smashes a water pitcher over him. I'm surprised he was able to reach. Taz then casually oh, oh. heads into the ring to wrestle Crash Holly. And you know Crash Holly's in a good place because he has the WWF Attitude T-shirt on. Mm-hmm. However, Jerry Lawler recovers whilst bleeding everywhere to take on Taz while the referees intervene. Lawler smashes him out of the ring, so Crash Holly simply throws Taz back in for more Lawler punishment. Ha <laughs> Lawler then punches him over the rail, and it's finally ended with all the referees separating them like one of those boxing brawls. But this was cool as hell. The crowd's into it. The cool image of a commentator getting in the ring, that's Lawler, who still has uh, a lot of integrity, even back then. Punching and smashing and Taz being a dick. I like this. I don't like where it ends up going and stuff, but for this one moment, I think this looked all right. What do you think, Tom?
1: I agree. I think that whilst it is Jerry Lawler and and Taz, like the the setup for this, I mean, how unfortunate that one day that Jerry Lawler brings his thermos with him the You know, <laughs> the one day, you know what, well, they need to, they need to mind that. I have heard that Jim Ross wants to bring some sweets to the ring for SummerSlam. I hope he doesn't, because that would, <laughs> oh, that's going to cause some trouble. But yeah, the one day, I thought that Lawler was phenomenal here. And I say that a little bit begrudgingly, because I kind of, this part of me that goes, I'd like Taz to do something not with a commentator. But Jerry looked amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. blood, yeah. R- blood blood dripping down his face, being being literally pulled off of Taz
2: as he's... Oh, God, it was, a, it was the hottest angle of the night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as well, his punches He's a Tennessee boy. He knows how to throw a proper good-looking wrestling... But he's got an amazing punch, to be mm, fair.
3: He really has. Yeah. yeah. Ain't no thug like the Tennessee used to punch.
2: So, <laughs> but also, at the same time, as we've said... This is your ECW, like legend, coming in <laughs> and getting, getting handled quite easily in this brawl by a bloody Jerry Loner.
1: Yeah, he joined the it's, company
3: in January. It's now August, and
2: here we are, it's enough, it's getting right clattered now.
3: by the king. No, even worse than that, no. They signed him around the time of Annika Rules 99, which is why he loses to Tanaka and Awesome, that three-way. But then they held off. Having him join WDF. Because, like, look, we're in a bit of state of flux right now, Arusa leaving stuff. We don't really have a role for you. Why don't we bring you in in genuine when we do have a proper, defined role for you? And that role was beating Angle. And then... Um, Squashing him. Uh, getting beat up by Bossman and Albert for a few minutes. <laughs> uh, he's just hit Rikishi over camera. Rikishi's just squished him. And... Um, yeah, good old Taz. Which is weird
1: because you know Vince McMahon really likes him. You know, Suplex King and what have you. Vince loves him. <laughs> anyway, that dismissive oh. promo from Vince during the ECW documentary. Like, you just you you knew the way Vince was talking. Like, yeah, he he was never going to be a thing with Vince. Like, yeah, he was the Suplex
2: King. Like he's that. the suplex king but his, his height starts with a 5
3: no. <laughs> no yeah Vince is still waiting for the rest of Taz to show up <laughs> but anyway I'm very interested to see Jack's thoughts on this next bit right yes. two censor are here and Michael Cole wastes no time calling extremists and hypocrites because they powerbombed Victoria the Ho through a table <laughs> on Raw uh, they're taking on too Cole, but the match is secondary to Stephen on commentary, talking about how he had to powerbomb that hoe. And Cole yelling, hey, 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 how about I decide what my children watch? What gives you the right to tell me and other people who to watch and what to watch? Stephen says he'll be taking a moral stance, and maybe a few rights here and there will be taken away, but it's for the best i had no idea at the time what the hell they were talking about because i was just confused and a bit bored to be honest and wonder why they kept on cutting to steven and missing the match and now i look back at it they could have been done a lot more with this and have steven a bit more fun but that's not the point of the angle the point is to be so heavy-handed that i'm surprised they could even pick this segment up This kick ends uh because after Scotty Hottie hot, lands the worm, he must lose immediately afterwards. It's in the rule book for WWF. But yeah, it doesn't matter about the match. It was all about this one-sided rant about you hypocrites, you bastards, you 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 how you moral guardians, what gives you the right, etc. etc. Because they're trying to be a mock of the PTC who's currently the yeah. runner on um, Pepsi and stuff. But bloody hell. Jack, what are your thoughts watching this years
2: later? I agree it's really, really heavy-handed, but I do want to say that I thought Stephen Richards was absolutely superb. He's like... It's like CM Punk vibes. He's a really, really convincing heel, and he's really sinister with it on commentary. So if they'd ever been less than just a bit of a joke heel stable, and they wanted to take them a bit more seriously, then they, he could have actually been quite a frightening sort of leader of the group. But, you know, that's not the way it panned out. Also, when Michael Cole's given him basically Vince's opinion... <laughs> um, Stephen Richards should have punched Michael Cole in the face. Michael Cole's getting really aggressive with Steve, and he's a heel, and he's a wrestler. He should have just smacked him. Michael's going, oh, well, shut up, Stephen. I'd have battered him if I was Stevie Richards. (laughs) But there'd be no commentary. Yeah, true. That is true. Didn't JR also used to to call Stephen Richards during this period old white socks because he used to wear white socks? (laughs) And that was, like, a bad thing. Old white socks. (laughs) I I think that's good,
1: actually. Well, he didn't wear a hat, so he had to have something to write down, didn't
2: he? Yeah, YouTube wasn't a thing, yeah.
1: Old white hat. (laughs) 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 Well, he's going to need some new
3: socks. Yeah. And uh, for regular viewers, if you're following this, it's quite funny you know inside seeing wf go i can you believe it that this is parents television council telling people who to sponsor because we're rotten or something uh, all the time we're seeing we be getting powerbomb through ta- hoes <laughs> nameless hoes getting powerbomb <laughs> through tables and still going it's for kids it's for kids it's for kids it's just staggering i had no we i had
2: no obviously as a kid at this age i had no idea what you know, the Godfather's gimmick was and what anything about it was. But when Michael Cole gives this whole like (laughs) he's trying to explain what the Godfather does and how he managed and Stephen Richards managed to corrupt him and turn him to the the dark side without saying that Godfather is a sex trafficker. So he says (laughs) stuff like, he says like this is a guy who used to come out with let's face it, beautiful women and he used to Dance around in the ring and with them and have fun with them every night of his life, Stephen. And you stopped him from doing that. I'm just like, oh my
1: god, what's going on? You shut down a trafficking ring, you yeah. bastard.
2: Stephen Richards is actually a hero. Of, of my...
3: Yeah, that, that's <laughs> what you look back at now and goes, hey, you prevented kids from seeing sex trafficking. Yeah,
2: I'm <laughs> Stephen Richards, Richards was the voice of the voiceless before it was a thing. <laughs>
1: He was like a nicer Jim Jones, like
0: yeah. He's got
1: he like he, I, he's got that real cult leader vibe on commentary, and I yes. love him. Yeah, I think I'm with I'm with you. There's Jack. Yeah, there's like a CM Punk vibe to him. I thought here. he was brilliant. Yeah, and, and I love I. What I love is this is, we know, we know. This isn't Michael Cole talking to Stephen Richards, though. No. This is Vince McMahon talking to L. Brent Bozell III of the Parents Television Council. Yes. But they're acting it on stage. Because <laughs> Vince bloody loves doing that. Any chance he gets. Can we just block out a quarter of this show so I can grind a gear? Thanks. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you remember know when the. Well, do you remember when the Lakers beat the Nuggets in that five-on-five tag team match, for example? Like, <laughs> yes! that was the main That was the main event. That was the main event of Raw. And it was because they couldn't play in the, the venue, isn't it? Because the the Pepsi Centre was... Uh, the Nuggets said, well, that's our basketball arena, mate. We need that. And Vince wasn't happy. <laughs>
3: Vince how
2: dare you, not, how dare you not... How dare you put
1: your own personal success ahead of my wrestling program?
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whenever anything goes wrong for me, Sonny, suddenly the biggest victim in the world. Yeah. Ten seconds later he's like yeah by the way i am selling a football franchise
0: <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> just saying I'm not even a franchise a company but anyway yeah i'm of the opinion that this could have worked if they'd stuck with him being like these these silly idiots or whatever like Whoa, we're gonna send something he 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 and they get beat up every week like when um litchie and scratchy episode where marge sends in a letter saying I thought this was too violent and then the next week there's a marge-shaped cat going don't do that that's bad it just gets beat up <laughs> like that'd be better but to try and make this a serious thing so Michael Cole could go yeah 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 every week just is like oh, alright we get it but never mind that Jay Lawler is back here he's bandaged up with an x pack thanks W, w Doctor <laughs> did just lose in time a, did he lose
1: to Rikishi earlier on? <laughs>
3: Did I say expert? I've got it written down the Z. Oh, I did say expert.
0: You yeah. said expert.
3: For some reason, he's got Sean Waldman on his head. <laughs> well, I feel better already.
1: Is it? God. Is it like a really? Is it like a really useless icy hot patch? Like it's meant to give you heat, but it's the wrong kind of heat.
3: Oh, nice save Boom. there, Tom.
1: Slam dunked it. I Goodnight, applied everyone. X-Pac
3: heat to my forehead and I feel great. The pain I feel just, underwhelmed. The, the pain just went away.
1: <laughs> the pain went away but also stuck around at the same
3: time. Yes. Also, I'm higher than a giraffe's ass. Thanks, X-Pac. <laughs> and we're just in time. Even Lawla couldn't miss this one. For what we like to call Jack's March. That's oh. right. Albert. And his giant head, even bigger than even Horace Hogan's head, took on Steve Blackman for the hardcore title. So this is the match. We mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast.
1: This is the match that Jack wants to watch while stranded on a desert
2: island. Um, why, why this match, Jack? Um, I've, I'll give a really brief version of, of what I said on Desert Island Graps with you. Basically, Matthew, at, at the time... I was doing jiu-jitsu I thought martial arts was like the coolest thing Steve Blackman was the wrestler therefore that I like supported like a football team and this was the first time that I really saw him doing his thing and there's just several little bits in this match where he's like the best he's like he's just the best like when he does the sticks really fast and when he jumps off the apron and cracks him with the kendo stick and it's just absolutely superb now without hurting my feelings too much What was the match really like? Because I can't watch it objectively. Oh, that's good of you to admit your fault. Albert (laughs) pump kicks Blackman for a
3: bit and then DDT Steve on a set-up chair for two. Cole doesn't love this match as much as Jack as he spends the time hyping up WWF New York.
2: Yeah, that annoys me. Get it
3: while it's open. Albert gets the stick, but Blackman gets two sticks and does the fast choppy movement thing. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. Albert says, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, let's put these down now." Realizing that Blackman is way better than him, and as he's putting it down, tries to attack Steve, but Steve twats him.
2: I think that was the moment that I fell in love with wrestling. I don't want to. I don't oh, want to. Really? Yeah, it's just one of those matches that I just remember so well. I, it was. Yeah, it's probably one of the first matches I ever saw, and they did their job. Steve and Albert, they made this this young boy. You know, it's it's all their fault, guys.
1: <laughs> Is it the reason that you're doing what you're doing today because of this match?
2: Yeah, probably. Wow. <laughs>
3: so if it wasn't for this match, you wouldn't be listening to us right now, dear listener.
2: No, uh, I mean... Matthew, you'd have you'd have still been doing something, but Tom, would you have still been in radio? I don't even understand what would have well, happened to me. Well, any no, because
1: I was I was losing my job anyway. So if oh, Coldharling wasn't here, I was losing my job. So I oh. probably would have uh, I probably would have moved down to the West Midlands, and uh, okay. had this place not been here, and I'd have restarted my life closer to my folks, maybe. Which I didn't I didn't want to do, not because I don't like my folks. I just like yeah. being in the northeast. It was just. Uh, you guys gave me the opportunity to keep my life up I feel here. like
2: if it wasn't... Because, you know, how Steve Blackman got really, really ill and left the wrestling business early on and then came back. He made, like, a miraculous recovery. Yeah, because he was going to be a big deal in the 80s. He was going to fight Hogan in the 80s. I know, I know. Wow. I know. <laughs> Have
3: you seen a picture Steve... of him in Stampede? When he's huge. Oh, my
2: God. Now, looks like an
3: LJN action
2: figure. <laughs> if Steve Blackman hadn't returned from his illness and decided to do more wrestling, then what I'm saying is Steve Blackman saved Newcastle upon Tyne. And the wrestling <laughs> yeah. No And the pressure. surrounding areas, so Gangrel
3: should be thanking him as well. <laughs> anyway, Steve twats him. Albert smashes a bin <laughs> lid over Steve's head and takes a fire extinguisher to the face, but Albert does have a big face, so only scratches the forehead. So Blackman flies off the apron with a cane to the giant head of Albert to crack it open and unleash all the Easter chocolate to the surrounding (laughs) audience. Then Venus, his mate in VAT, attacks and Albert Baldo bombs Blackman. And you're right, Steve Blackman's Run as Hardcore Champion was amazing because we went from Uh, the variety of people who were just in the hardcore division because they weren't doing anything else, to Steve going, hang on, I can creatively use these weapons, like all those Jackie Chan films I like. And we had some great matches as a result of this. And this was definitely one of them, and I can definitely see why Steve Blackman will leave such an imprint on Little Jack.
2: Yeah, I was only like seven, so yeah.
3: Big fan of that. Uh, John, Mm. can we have
1: Albert's head exploding like a uh, piñata? Like in Scanners. Like in Scanners. There you go. That's a good shout. (laughs) Just Steve Blackman on the side just appearing. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman. (laughs) Kaboom. The fear of facing Steve Blackman (laughs) makes his head explode, which it would do anybody, to be fair. They also gave a nod to Radio WWF during this, because you said they were talking about WWF New York, and it was because... um, This weekend, Radio WWF was going to be emanating from WWF New York. Now, at this point, Radio WWF had been really pared back. They did it in the mid-90s, and it was uh, like a a very early sort of satellite streaming presentation. And uh, Radio WWF came back in late 99, and it's part of the Armed Forces Network. It was a show that was aimed... For the US forces around the world. Uh, the Armed Forces Network said they wanted to do something for the wrestling fans who were in the service. There's apparently loads of them. That's why we do so many tributes to the troops and all that malarkey. And uh, th- that is how Radio WF came back. If you were listening to the Armed Forces Network, you used to get a WWF wrestling show that pl- that gave huge scalps about wrestling. Spoiler, it didn't give huge scalps, but it was just nice <laughs> to hear.
3: Interesting, huh? Yeah, Mm, there you go, fun fact. I remember there was not Radio WF how they would have uh, alternative commentary for people who weren't watching the ordering the pay-per-view. Yes, you could
1: listen to Jim Ross and Gorilla Monsoon doing commentary in the early 90s. I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Kelly who did it in the late 90s. Radio oh, WCW did something similar and I think it was for Radio WCW it was Mark Madden and maybe Mike Tenet.
3: Oh. I'm interested in seeing if there's any record of those, and if there's ever going to be, you know, alternative commentary tracks for some of the WWE pay per views. But I think that might not be the case.
1: I would hope that the the I never I've never heard the the radio commentary for wrestling matches, but I'd hope that it would be like the cricket commentary, mm. whereby you know, as, as Jack will attest to, like it's super it's super chill. Yeah, <laughs> they just chat have. and have a bit of food, a bit of
3: drink, and just <laughs> shoot the breeze.
1: That's the it's Test like Mass this. special
2: on BBC, yeah. It is like this,
3: except. It's like we all tune in and it's Jim Ross going, oh. I'll tell you the time of a Highlander.
2: At <laughs> <laughs> the time of recording, though, England have just been absolutely decimated in the cricket, so I'm not, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Oh, all
3: right. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, you're going to make this This uh, podcast will be played any year, last 20 years, so thank you, Jack. Mm.
0: Uh,
3: just Joe shows up. That's right, Just Joe. To tell Triple H the boys are saying Shane McMahon would sell out his own sister to get control of the WWF. Damn you, Just Joe. I think I've actually missed a bit there, sorry. No, he's Uh, telling you,
2: this is is Just Joe and Kurt Angle.
3: That's right, earlier, Kurt Angle uh, was backstage and Just Joe explained the tag match. Later on tonight, you and Triple H are teaming up to taking on The Rock and Undertaker. He's like, yeah, thanks. Also, the guys backstage, all they're talking about is this match. They're saying Triple H is going to take Angle apart. So Angle needs to watch out. Well, thanks, Captain Obvious.
2: No, now... And then he goes this... back to
3: Triple H later on, the, sorry, the missile segment, and says, oh, well, people are saying that. Ooh, we can't trust that Shane McMahon. Like, ooh. So this is the evolution of Just Joe's character coming in and delivering
2: proper messages from people to just stir in the poop. Well, I... this These little backstage little segments... Made me realise why uh, Kurt Angle is like one of the greatest of all time. Because Triple H, right? I love Triple H. He's like my favourite childhood wrestler. But when he's talking to Just Joe, Triple H has to be the hard man. And he's like, Joe, I don't care what you've got to say. And then Joe goes to leave and Triple H is like, sit back down. And Kurt Angle has Hmm. such an earnestness about him. When Just Joe goes, the boys in the back have been talking, Kurt. And Kurt goes, well, what, what do you mean? And he's really like tuned in. And when Joe says, as Matthew's pointed out, the very obvious thing of, you don't need to worry about The Rock or Undertaker. You need to worry about Triple H. Angle's face is like, he's never, his mind's blown. He's like, what? I can't believe it. Yeah,
3: it zooms on his face like it's you know, EastEnders.
2: Angle is the greatest. At the time, his acting was absolutely superb because even though he was this over-the-top, really dorky character, his more understated moments were really, really good. The I don't know how he lost it later on, but he... He's not that great a promo anymore, sadly, but he was, he was absolutely superb when he was at his peak. Yeah,
3: I agree. And I actually like the fact that Triple H is, they, they work off each other, Angle and Triple H. Angle is like, mm-hmm. oh, sit down, just chill, my friend, you wouldn't lie to me, I'm naive. <laughs> and Triple H is like, Billy Big bollocks, like, Ugh, I don't care. And just so was like, all right, sorry to bother you. No, no, no. Yeah, I'll come back. I do
2: care. I do care he goes to he goes to take a seat, and just Joe goes to take a slice of cucumber from the buffet table in front of him. And Triple H says, "I said take a seat, not a buffet." Whoa. I'm glad someone's eating that buffet though. Every week
1: they have this beautiful buffet.
0: Nobody no one touches, ever touches it. it. Uh, no, touches it. Yeah,
1: he's
3: being should've... nice. He's like, no, no, no Joe, join your dad for God's sake. It's been out for a month. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the same. Buffet. I'm thinking of
3: you, Joe, and your health. <laughs> you got that hot match on WWF Metal later on <laughs> against Funaki.
2: Did the Just Joe thing ever run its course? Was there an end point to the Just Joe storyline? I believe the last time we saw Just
1: Joe, The Rock was beating the shit out of him. Well, uh, that checks out. <laughs> and, then, and then he had a couple of
2: matches on Heat, and then he was gone. <laughs> I have uh, I heard from, uh, you know Lewis, who works for us?
0: Yeah, who's um, House.
2: Yeah, yeah. Lewis he, used Lewis. Be, he used to be a wrestler uh, in the Northeast indie Indy scene. Uh, and to be honest pretty good as well I've seen him do do some flips and some lucha rolls and stuff and he's a pretty what was his name boy. Lewis the Dragon Beardsley right okay he was the nephew Beardsley. of Peter Beardsley in <coughs> K-Fame <Yeah. Amazing>. um, <laughs> so anyway uh, he said that he once went to a seminar taken by Just Joe and he said he was like the nicest most passionate guy apparently he's just an absolute like legend he's just a great guy
3: because hey, his name which is which I- legend that was good though.
2: well yeah but I don't that was just me accidentally oh, making that pun. but no apparently he's just the best guy and i like that story i like i think that's really good
1: that's a really wholesome anecdote when you were saying like yeah. hey joe bloody led a, a story led a,
2: a seminar and he was lovely and he was really nice. i know yeah I, <laughs> yeah it was a deeply go... wholesome anecdote i'm a fan of them and i wasn't gonna oh uh, yeah i imagine that there was a bit of a worry it was all gonna go a bit build a but no no he's really actually very sound well, he
1: was, well, he's the star of celebrity wrestling as well, so I guess there's uh, he's got that pedigree behind him as well. Oh, Ooh. God. We've got these two guys from the WWF. Oh, really? Is it Rock? Is it Triple <laughs> H? Is it Angle? It's Dio oh. Brown <laughs> and Just Joe. <laughs> oh,
3: hey. I'm sure he's booked on places that, and WWF legend Just Joe. Oh, of
1: course he was. You know, oh. like, <laughs> any chance an indie promoter has
3: to stick a WWE logo on their flyer. Oh, They're oh, going to oh, do you know, it. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, (laughs) there was that North Shields promotion that I won't say the name of that had on their little flyer featuring former WWE legend Rampage Brown with a picture of him. And at this time, I'm like, what? What are you on about? I'm like a huge wrestling fan. Rampage Brown. And I had to check. One time, he lost to Mark Henry on ECW. (laughs) Yes. The nerve of them. Former WWE legend. Ron page brown
1: oh mate i got one better there's a there was a promotion in the west midlands that had a poster for it and and, and i won't say the game night the, the name of the guy who uh, who ran it he's all right he's a nice guy but just a bit a bit of a chancer with this particular endeavor he had a poster because he was he was wrestling as himself on the show but then he was <laughs> he was also wrestling on different shows <laughs> as, as doink the clown Right mm. and and kimchi, <laughs> oh. and he would put on the poster a picture, and I saw one that he that he did, and it's a legit poster of of um of of Matt Bourne's Doink the Clown, like, and it would say featuring WWE Hall of Famer Doink the Clown, like. They, I have so many reservations here because. Like the, the the you know the tip of the iceberg is like Doink Matt Bourne's dead he's not here anymore you're playing Doink that's not a picture of you playing Doink and then beneath the iceberg my brain's going he wasn't a Hall of Famer he's not in the Hall of Fame it's it's so deeply deeply wrong
3: but it exists it exists oh, it's a thing he was Kimchi he was Doink Kim the she. Clown he was Giant Machine. <laughs> He was lost. Condita dos. Uno and dos.
1: Oh gosh! It just, it just, just, fair, fair, fucks. To be fair, (laughs) (laughs) fair fair play to him.
3: Shocking, though.
1: Kimchi
3: coming to coming to a town hall near you. Oh God! That's not just Doink the Clown. That's WWE Hall of Fame Doink the Clown.
2: That's his. Marks
3: and Spencer's Doink the Clown. That's his. That's his That's his famous
1: tag partner Kimchi. Kim. Chi.
3: Kim, Chi, Kim F and G.
1: That's what they chanted.
3: And if you're lucky, you kids. Kim
1: F and G. Kim F and G. Yeah.
3: And if you're lucky, you kids. I'll be able to save up money to get Kwang the Ninja next month. <laughs> I.e., I'm buying a new mask. Yeah, I've been on t- eBay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chris Jericho sees Foley in the back of the WWF truck, and as Foley is reenacting, I quote, his turn in 83 with some t- <laughs> I thought it was good. Jericho flips out because he wants Benoit, but Foley isn't going to give him Benoit. So Jericho's like, alright, that's fine, that's fine, I'm going to give you Benoit. I'm going to do my best to not flip out tonight, and he smashes a giant American-sized shovel over poor Foley's desk that he has to make every time he goes to a different arena and throws right. the shovel over Foley's head and just stomps off because he's serious Jericho. And all I took what? away from this was, oh, it's Bob, amazing that Foley has this, these returning little areas. But my God, it is just me, right? Like, you don't get shovels that big in in England. It is just America where they have those giant shovels, right?
2: More snow, bigger country. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I think you're right, though, Joe. Apart from the Steve Blackman match, this promo is the thing I remember most from this show. The reason for that is that my younger brother, uh, we both got into wrestling together around this sort of time, and he has autism. And one thing that autistic people absolutely love, or a lot, that's a big generalization, but one common trait of autism is the love of repetition, or things that they find comforting that they've already seen before. And my brother would watch this promo and rewind it, and watch this promo and rewind it. So not only... Do I know the cadence that Jericho says everything in? I can also hear the cadence of the shovel when he throws it away. So he goes, I want Chris Benoit and I want him tonight. I want him tonight, clang, 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 And I know exactly when that's <laughs> going to happen. And it's like actually burned into my brain. And when I saw this promo, I thought, this is it. Here we go. It like reawakened a long lost thing like deep within me. Um, it's like remembering song lyrics, isn't it? Yeah, but because my brother had, without fail would play this one promo again and again and shout along with it as if he was chris jericho god <laughs> i'm not sounding i know i'm not sounding very tolerant towards my disabled brother here but it if you were in my shoes you'd understand right i got sick of this promo okay
3: can I was going say, I think my brother is like this, but I'm, I'm your brother in this case. So... <laughs> <laughs> I felt a chill got my spine then when Jack says, one of the things about autumn is his repetition and getting satisfaction. I'm like, well, Jack, there's no need for this. Talk about, talk about Jim Ross mocking you again. <laughs> oh, 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 your brother. Oh okay, sure, sweet, sweet. Yeah, yeah, do yeah, That thing where I pretend to be normal. Uh... Oh, no, that's nice just, well, said my,
2: my brother doesn't even have the courtesy of doing that, to be fair, so, you know.
3: He's Would just, he be someone who could just, be on uh, this podcast?
2: No, no, unfortunately not. He's not okay, um, fair enough. I don't think he'd be able to hold a conversation for long enough, really. But he would. The sad thing is, he would absolutely love to as well if he could, which is a shame. So I just won't tell him you've said that, and then it'll be fine. <laughs> oh bless him. That's no, funny. no. He's absolutely no. He's fine. He's fine. Okay.
3: I'm, I'm glad, pal. I'm glad, and I'm, it's good that you do talk talk openly about him because I have friends who are also more on far more on the spectrum than myself, and mm. they go, yeah, was I been about like it's a death sentence. Shut up. I'm great. I have a great life.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, yeah, you tell him. He's not a complainer, not by a long shot, no. Very nice.
3: Well, we are because we're wrestling fans. <laughs> yeah. Jericho has done his bit, he's angry. <laughs> Which leads us to. Oh, what else? Tabaki is wacky. And so is powerbombing hose through tables. That's right. <laughs> tabaki is wacky. Hey, wait, who are you to tell me Tabaki is wacky? What are you, an extremist? If I want to feed my kids tabs for breakfast, <laughs> I could be uh, in the land of the freedom and giant shovels. USA all the way. <laughs> Coachman goes to see the hoe at the, uh,
1: I really the hoped, hospital. I
3: really hope... <laughs> hospital. A special section. Like, you know how dogs killed the vets? Why did they
2: call it the hospital?
3: Victoria the Ho says that's how people like her need to express themselves, and Stephen is wrong for this. I thought the Constitution was there to help us protect our freedom of expression. But I guess the Constitution was wrong, says the hoes. Rips up Constitution.
2: <laughs> she was the most angelic little Southern, like, I heard that our rights were in the Constitution, but I guess that if Mr Richards gets away with that, that I was wrong. And it's just like, where's this come from?
0: We, we
3: should go and be a hoe in Soviet Russia. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hospital but uh,
3: victoria the host says that she'll be back yeah i don't think i think that's her done in the rest of the business i think she's
1: done i don't think we'll ever see her again (laughs) it's this is just so it's so weird like because at the time (laughs) hospital at the time you're watching it and you're like, yeah, she's gonna sue Stephen
2: Richards. But what I'm gonna say is I feel like they're pro- I feel like they're now protesting something different to what because from what I can understand, there was a protest on a prior episode. Yes. Right.
3: Oh god, yeah. Sorry to interrupt Jack. Jack. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah, there yeah. was. And um, because the PTC was like- wait, wait, wait wait very quickly. The RTC were banning the hoes, I guess, and they have the power to do this. And so Victoria the Ho and Nameless Ho. Outside going, save the hoes, save the hoes. The crowd waiting to get inside the arena and it pans to the left and there's so many kids. There's an army of kids and they're all going, save the hoes, save the (laughs) hoes.
1: Daddy, can I have a hoe?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Can I have a hoe for my birthday? (laughs) Um, So uh, (laughs) I now think that they're more aggrieved that she got put through a table. Although, she is going to be fine, as we heard from the Doctor at the start of the segment. Did you notice the Doctor's acting, either of you? It was some 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 high-quality TV soap opera acting. It was... It was <laughs> I've been asked to be a part of this, and I wasn't expecting to acting, I think. Oh. He was like, well, if you look at our charts here, she's going to probably be fine. Bye, guys. And then Coachman goes... Thank you, Doctor Harris, or whatever. Like Coachman, proper intense. He's locked in. It's great.
0: Thank you, Doctor
3: Death.
1: <laughs> I think it'd be funny with. Well, if he come in and go, well, I've got these. I've got this hose charts here. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> I just. It's, the name on the chart just says ho. Ho number.
1: No brackets brunette.
3: Oh God. Ho
0: uh, in brackets
3: Wednesday. <laughs> Hospital. Oh, <laughs> thank God you'll be back up and running and hoeing to the kids in no time. You're back in hoe time. Where does it say that we ain't allowed to be a hoe in sex traffic? Coachman's like, actually, it's it's here in the law. Uh, this part. <laughs> spell, to be then uh, I don't want to be that. right. <laughs> Kurt Angle and Triple H go at it, uh, blah, 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 family affairs, blah. Shane goes, right, that's it. I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm not going to be in your corner for this tag match. All right. (laughs) All right,
2: lads, see you in a bit. (laughs) Now, they shouldn't have said that. They should have gone, please be in our corner, Shane, because Shane's interference is always top-notch. True. Yeah. Come
3: back, Shane. I love that cell you do that looks like you've lost all your origins.
2: (laughs) 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 Stephanie also says she's not going to... Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, go on. Stephanie also says that she's not going to come down and she should have stayed away as we'll find out because she she really messes it up for everyone in this.
3: She does, but before that, The Rock is here with his Kevin Kelly interview as the crowd loses their effing mind just at the sight of The Rock on the Oval Tron. The Rock is asked, The Rock is asked, are you concerned about the two people you have to take on tonight and the rock asks kevin kelly do you have two sets of genitals what i said the rock is asking you kevin kelly do you have two sets of genitals it doesn't matter if the rock takes on kurt angle and triple h summer slam just like it doesn't matter if you have both male and female genitalia kevin kelly hey rock i have a perfectly functioning male p- shut your mouth hermy you yeah. have a fully functioning set of nothing. If you smell <laughs> monkey's asses, it doesn't matter. The rock, scorpion
2: king, mummy returns, smell <laughs> rock eyebrow. It's not aged terribly well, but my God, he can talk, can't he? He can bloody talk, lads. You know, hey. it,
3: I think it has age. If you just take out the bit where the rock said, it doesn't matter if you have male and female genitalia," like, yeah, rock, that's it. LGBT yeah. icon rock. And he goes, shut up, her, me?" It's like,
2: oh. I was gonna say I'm not sure if that's the message the Rock was getting across in the. year two- He could have been an absolute pioneer in the year 2000 in terms of. Social I somehow equality. don't think he was though. <laughs> no, maybe
0: not. Maybe not.
3: It's hard to imagine the Rock suddenly being this this ahead of the head of the curve icon. The Rock doesn't matter your gender if you're asexual, bisexual, hermisexual, It doesn't matter monkeys asses. The Rock smell <laughs> monkeys piss. Triple H. The Rock extreme RCP. <laughs> cool. I like. Like the is of... Smell- a- a- you can't really see it, can you?
2: I do like the idea of The Rock as, like, a, a way ahead of his time, very liberal thinker, though. <laughs> like, furiously correcting people on complicated things like gender identity and stuff. I think that would be a really good gimmick. I don't think it could... Be... Why have I... This is a terrible idea. This I, I, really I, no, 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 I like no, no, because I think, I think the way The Rock... The Rock could actually... You're onto something, because
1: The Rock could pull that off better than... Anybody else? Yeah.
2: And simply you... because his whole catchphrase, his shtick is shtick it doesn't matter. That's true. That's very true. And, and also, you uh, people want to cheer what The Rock says. So if you get The Rock to say nice things, then people will just cheer the nice things. Yeah. I've cracked it. Kevin man. Kelly.
3: Kevin Kelly's like, do you think that gays should serve in the military? It doesn't matter their sexuality. If they're putting yeah. their life on the line yeah. for the country, then they should be able to do what they want. Kevin Kelly crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be I great think... I, I love this
2: yeah but he's, does it curve, in a very, he's in a very macho aggressive way at the same time
1: <laughs> yeah he's he, he still delivers it the same way but his whole idea is whatever <laughs> just, just whatever
3: the rock has one question for you kevin kelly oh what's that what are your pronouns pal
2: because <laughs> <laughs>
3: the rock would hate the misgender, kevin kelly
2: yeah it would be so good unfortunately and, be, and then they can make a not...
3: funny thing like going no matter what you call yourself. No, I'm just a dude. I'm not actually a hermaphrodite. You're not? Oh, the Get Rock away, apologizes. Normie! <laughs> the Rock apologises for his misunderstanding. The Rock, is, the Rock has negatives that he's hoping to turn into positives.
2: <laughs> the Rock is trying to be a better man.
3: <laughs> I love this. This is, a gr- this is great.
2: Oh, and, and, the I don't know what he can do with it. The Rock is the, the, the
3: people's r- champion. That means all the people of all the pronouns and genders.
2: Although the rock is (laughs) wait, hang on. I'm trying to say basically like, it's like although the rock cannot possibly understand your point of view, I'm still trying to tolerate it. That is what the rock's promise is. He just he's very he's like very very aware of his own flaws. The rock is constantly (laughs) the rock is constantly checking his privilege. Kevin Kelly. I completely forgot that Kevin Kelly was still in WWE at this, or WWF at this point. It was nice to see him actually. Yeah, Yeah, he had good chemistry,
3: but then they switched to Coachman and had exactly the same, if not better, chemistry. So,
2: well, he's smaller than Kelly as well, so yeah.
3: Yeah, it's just like The Rock's like, "I need you to look like a complete Mm -hmm. buffoon in front of me." Okay, cool. That's it. Done. Cool.
2: (laughs) Who's the guy that he tries to get to take their T-shirt off, or is that just a random guy who's wearing a WCW T-shirt? And then he's like, "God damn it, man! Put that t-shirt back on."
3: That would be cool. I don't think Kevin Kelly. Oh wait,
2: that that was Stan from American Dad. I don't know what I'm doing there. That's not (laughs) even the Rock's That wasn't even. that wasn't even in the live
0: action.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah, there was. There is a thing where he goes, Kevin Kelly, the very. I don't think we've seen it yet. The very sight of you offends the Rock, and he just pulls his t-shirt over Kevin Kelly's face and he's just <laughs> holding
2: the microphone.
3: The Rock, there's everything. Like, I'm going to beat Triple H tonight. And then Kevin's just stood
2: there. The Rock, despite the, con- despite the fact that a lot of his promos haven't maybe aged well, he's an all-time great on, as a pro- yeah. Is he the best promo ever? Oh. In
3: 2000, he's clearly the best, just for the reactions mm-hmm. alone.
1: He's, mm-hmm. he's, on, he's in the top five. He's absolutely in the top five. Yeah, yeah. Kurt uh, Angle's yeah. number
3: two this year behind him.
1: Just
2: Oh, you know. this year was great
1: for promo as well. It was. It, but it, yeah, the, the Rock is just a, a force of nature. Just an absolute force of nature. Mm-hmm. Just, just effortless, cool. Um, just that idea of sometimes less is more. I feel like when Rock tries to do lots in a promo, it loses yeah. its way. When The Rock mm-hmm. just st- stands there with his glasses on, staring ahead... Like, it's it's the be- it's a better promo.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's right. Like in this one, he goes, The Rock is pro-trans rights. The Rock doesn't matter what you identify as. There's only one thing The Rock does not care for, and that is the overdubbing of The Undertaker's theme.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Good God.
3: The Rock wants to know, what does Jack the Jobber think of the overdubbing? Did it take him by surprise as well?
2: Oh, man. I was so ready for the American Badass theme. I was really ready for it, and and then... Yeah, we got that. And it just makes his walk out a lot less impressive. Because when The Rock's music hits, it's like it's like Jesus is a right, Like, everyone goes absolutely insane. But with Taker, it just spoils it a little bit for me. I'm glad The Rock came out second, because of course he was going to. I'm glad Taker came out first, but yeah. Another thing yeah. that I really remember a lot from this episode of SmackDown is the peculiar colour, the strange shade of green of Stephanie's top. Does anyone else notice this? Um, it was it was a
1: different color. I don't think it stood out to me. I'm looking at it now, and it's like a, like
2: a, like a if if velvet like green velvety green, I don't know. It's a strange shade of green, and it's really, it's really stuck in my mind actually.
3: It's a little. This is. It's always nice watching people watching a show that you watched, and they notice completely different things <laughs> than you. It's great. It's like, my um, my housemate watched the Vengeance Day this Sunday, mm. and he was because he had one thing in mind, that was watching the women's wrestlers, because there's way okay. more interesting than all the men. I'm like, yeah, it's like, look look what they're doing there. And I'm like, oh, that's great that someone would look at the women's wrestlers now on WWE and go, they're awesome. They're men. To be fair,
2: a lot of the NXT women's wrestlers are very good. Right. And very exciting. And I just hope that when they're called up, they're all treated as they should be. Huh? <laughs> oh oh, you it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> it
3: doesn't matter what company you work for if it's nxt nxt uk progress five-star wrestling the wwe will hire you <laughs> we don't care if you can't even wrestle we will hire you that's it <laughs> liberal rock uh, and that joke is not as bad as the Undertaker's dubbing but it's definitely worse than the fact that the complete absence of kane in this episode because he's currently dead, which means there's no, that's got to be Kane jokes, and even worse, there's no test on this episode, so very little in the way of crap old games jokes.
2: Yeah. Did you you recently, has it come yet, or is it, because the only other episode I remember from around this time that I had on VHS involved Edge and Christian taking on Undertaker and Kane, but in singles matches, because Foley forces them to, and they really don't want to, and it's very funny. Have you think already think that was a that few episode? weeks yes. back. Oh, man, I love that episode as well. Because yeah. Christian Cause actually Kane. wins. Christian actually wins, yeah.
3: Yeah, with help from Edge. But then they try it with Undertaker, and then Jake's like, ha, 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 you got to be kidding me.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> on yeah. the Undertaker. And he goes, you've done it now. And then he goes. <laughs> uh, Undertaker destroys Kurt Angle, and I put here, like, Tony Soprano destroys liberals, uh, because that's becoming a recurring joke on my Facebook, with the various Sopranos pages, where it's people who watch the Sopranos and don't get the nuances, and just think it's Tony Soprano being a badass all the time. <laughs> like, no, no, so oh. any of the negatives of the character. Okay. So, you got anything like that? There's a TV show you watched, and there's all these people who are like, oh wait, you didn't? No, no, this is supposed to be a fully fledged character with lots of negatives and stuff. He's not. Yeah, but a don't
2: don't tell him because you might listen. To, uh... Yeah, I'll say. No, I can't. Say. I'll tell you after. I'll tell you after. <laughs> oh, no, I'm really excited. No, I'll tell you after. I'll tell you
3: after. And then I'll tweet it after.
0: <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs> Tom and his trusty tape recorder.
0: <laughs>
3: uh, the Rock has to be the one taking the offense for a change in this tag match because Undertaker ain't selling anything, not even Lugs boots. So eventually Stephanie heads out
0: for this Why? nice simple Why? tag
3: match. Beca- it was all oh, because, going well, because, Stephanie. Jack, Because until Kurt Angle breaks up a pin with a what looks like a back senton and lands on Triple H. So Triple H says, right, I've had enough. And he leaves, and I've written down there, in a huff. But huff has three H's. <laughs> mm. That's
0: he better also gives a,
3: than red.
2: He also gives a top-tier shove to Kurt Angle as well. Proper shoves him.
3: Yeah, he's like, get away. We're not sharing a taxi tonight. <laughs> so Undertaker finishes off. Quickly afterwards with the last ride and it's a big old one on Kurt Angle Stephanie checks on Kurt Angle
0: oh, so sure. Undertaker
3: Undertaker grabs her for some reason like I don't know the match is over because they're going like to beat
2: her up her. they're going to beat yeah. her up Matthew it's the year 2000 they can do that they can batter her <laughs> yeah I
3: mean you are right but it's, it's usually followed by like Stephanie interfering and then the good guy getting no uh, but it's this just is badass what liberal destroyer Undertaker going oh you've done yeah. it now uh, so Triple H stops her from getting attacked, and to, fair enough to be honest. So Undertaker ends the show with a chokeslam on Triple H, and The Rock giving him a people's elbow for daring to save his wife.
2: Yeah, <laughs> how dare so you what, look how, after your wife? So just to clarify, this SmackDown ended with with two men trying to physically assault a woman who was checking on her friend, who they just who they just beaten in competition. So that's fine, but she's then checking on him. And they go to assault her, and her husband saves her, and then they beat up her husband, and the arena cheers them for it. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like Harold Pinter. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. <laughs> 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 Harold Pinter,
3: by God. Uh, well, yeah. say it with us one of the catchphrases off in the show, apart from that's got to be Kane and John, can you do all this work for us? Is the PTC did, did nothing, nothing wrong. wrong? Go
2: on, um, Jack, it was one of them. The PTC did nothing wrong. Thank you, Jack.
1: <laughs> they didn't know. They're all they're well within their rights to be shitty
3: to WWF at this time. That's right. And before we get on to the end bit of the show, Jack, where we reminisce about what we remembered and what we'd forgotten about it. Also in the news, I couldn't find a time to insert this or let's say it here. Uh, Lance Storm is the Triple Crown Champion of WCW. And he renamed some of the titles. The hardcore title he currently possesses is the Saskatchewan Hardcore International
0: title.
3: S H I T. The original idea was to be called the Stu Hart International title. However, <laughs> Bret Hart was called and asked if they could use his father's name on TV without being told what the purpose was. He <laughs> said he said, sure, if it wasn't done in a derogatory manner, you know. After he said that they didn't even bother asking that point and decided against it rather than go, yeah, Brett, we're going to call the SHIT title. He went, yep, yeah, you know what, Brett, that's fair enough, mate. Mm. So I just thought that story was worth sharing because we all love Brett on the show and respect that he's better than Shawn Michaels. So what was something that you remembered from this show, Jack? I imagine you got a lot of things remembered given the amount of times it was replayed on your TV. Just,
2: just any, Just anything in particular?
1: Anything in particular. So we always wrap up by looking back on the show and saying, what was something that we remembered from the show that we went, oh, yeah, I remember this bit. And what was something Um, that we
2: forgot that surprised us? So something that I remembered was like so much of the Steve Blackman match, but I'll go specifically for the moment where Albert goes to shoot him with the fire extinguisher and he kicks it and Albert shoots himself in the face with the fire extinguisher. (laughs) Classic. That's a great moment. I like that.
1: Uh, for me, I remember from this show, I weirdly remember Jericho losing his mind the same way that, uh, that, as Jack was saying, like that, that recall of that promo of mm. Jericho losing his mind and throwing stuff around the commissioner's office. That stayed with me for some reason. It was nice to, to hear that again this week. What about you, Math? What did you remember?
3: It's going to be Highlander Endgame showing up because I, <laughs> we had to study. Highlander one in media studies at school. So I was well aware of uh, Highlander and Christopher Lambert. He was your teacher, Sean Connery. (laughs) He wasn't. He was a crazy, crazy old man. Sean Connery. Oh. God rest his soul. Yes. The crazy old man may just watch Highlander and study uh, editing and cinematography and things like that. And uh, yeah, sure there's better films to do it with, but thank you. I'm thankful. Christ, sorry, I've forgotten how to speak now. I, I glad me watch Highlander. Good. Good. <laughs> Yay film. There well done. done, mate. What you forget from this episode? How to speak. <laughs> I forgot how big of a deal, not really big of a deal, but how important they were trying to get just Joe in backstage segments. Okay. okay. He, he did actually brush shoulders with people during this period. And was trying to be just a little character, just a little pooster. He It should have had, like, you know, a, uh, some paper in one hand and some dirt on the other. Say, like, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to put this dirt on these sheets. Oh, okay, do you have any news for me? <laughs> well, you betcha. But I was appreciate, like, you oh, did actually do stuff of than interrupt conversation sometimes. So what about you, Tom? Uh, for me, something I forgot
1: was... I'll tell you what I forgot. <laughs> the... Um... The beating that Lawler put on Taz, like I knew they got into it at this point, but the fire in Jerry Lawler here, and 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 how I begrudgingly say how good he looked in that pro in that promo in that segment, battering Taz. Totally forgot that, Jack. What have you what
2: have you forgotten from this week's episode? Uh, mine, it's not anything profound or anything, but uh, at the end of the right to censor match. Bull Buchanan flies off the top rope with an axe kick to the back of one of two cool. I think it's Scotty, and the amount of times that Bull Buchanan kicks his legs out in the air before he lands is really impressive. He is an absolute freak, and he should have been WWF champion at some point. I, I yeah, he he had some great moves. He had a cracking move set to Buchanan, just a distinct oh. lack of personality. At, at WrestleMania, when he just he, he jumps to the top rope in one bound like Shelton. And then turns around and does a big boot off the top rope. I mean, what? He's mad. He, uh, Bobby Cannon's fantastic.
1: It was literally the best part of that entire batch at WrestleMania was that move. It, well, apart from the theme tune, grab your bitches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pimpin' ain't easy, man. Mm. Pimpin, ain't, Pimpin' ain't easy. So that is Smackdown for this week. Uh, I'd like to take a moment to thank Jack for joining us this week for the Smackdown review. Was it wonderful reliving that Golden Desert Island Graps moment, Jack?
2: Yeah, it was. Thanks very much for having me on, lads. Long live Steve Blackman.
1: Oh, long may he live. Uh, Matthew, we are taking a two-week break from this point. I know, I'm I'm taking (laughs) selfishly, selfishly, I'm taking two weeks off. So I know, right? I, I don't knew know. these unions would cripple <laughs> So uh,
2: I'm
1: off for two weeks. I'm going to turn off my socials and just exist again because I've forgotten how. So what are you going to be doing for the next two weeks,
3: Math? What's coming up? Uh, apart from crying my eyes out, mate, uh, oh, I will be lovingly working a cultaholic, Trying to get through the days, knowing that Tom isn't here. Uh, I will be continue to make progress with my lovely five-star documentary, which is happening (sighs) because I've interviewed so many people. It can't not happen at this point. And knowing how to get around litigation, I believe, is the word of the day (laughs) in Matthew's world. (laughs) I'm thinking of starting it with a, you know what, look, I made up every quote here. (laughs) It's a work of fiction. You know what, no no one was interviewed for this. And if I've used any real wrestler's name, it's just a coincidence. Just call it Six Star Wrestling and you're fine. Yeah, you know what, six star wrestling. Instead of running Newcastle, they run Blythe. You know, that will be easy.
1: <laughs> Any idea when that will come out, or is that like a little work in progress that you're? Lord, no, I'm over? just gonna
3: keep on interviewing and putting it together and figuring <clears throat> out how it's gonna look like. Because uh, people keep on sending me stuff. So, <laughs>
0: so oh,
3: and then Botjumania and stuff like that, and Twitch, and all the the amazing podcast that me, Jack, and Ross do. Because Ross will be back. Yeah, Ooh. do you miss <laughs> Ross when he's away? Um, I usually do, but given the fact that I may or may not have forgotten his um, uh, girlfriend's name, who then sent me a friend request on Facebook, which means I'm (laughs) dreading his return, to be honest with you, because it's one of these times where he takes a week off and then he's like, like, oh, no. Like, is he going to be happy? Is he going to be... It's like spend the entire week, like, Ross, you haven't touched your, your palmo. I kind of, I'm still thinking about that Mafu. <laughs> what I'm gonna do it when I get back. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I'm sure it will be all right though. But I'm just saying, thank God for lockdown. <laughs> thank God for lockdown, and thank God for you for listening this far along
1: to the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review. We're back in two weeks. Until then, he is at Jack the Jobber on Twitter. He is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <sighs> Hospital. (laughs) It's where the hoes go to get treated and where the constitution doesn't count. Love you, bye!
3: Wait, here comes a ho ambulance.
0: Ho, 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 (laughs) ho, (laughs) ho.